best show starts. Come on. Now! to be 
It's the Ron Fez Show on a Friday. A Friday in October. I'm going to guess the date is October 11th. You would guess correctly. All right. On top of the world, then. One for one. <laughs> oh, plus Mr. Thursday Night. Bears, bears, bears. Although they didn't cover, you know that, right? Yeah, they fucking they won by six. Need that seventh. They, it, got, it did a nice job of fucking up everybody. <laughs> yeah, barely hit the cut of the over. Also, I mean, fucking three picks, Eli Manning. Yeah, Come on. I mean that's what he does. He's the pick master. <laughs> he's the pick the- master general. Is what he's not calling himself. <laughs> Fifteen <for> the fucking <laughs> year. Chris Danley, it looks like uh, you need a little good news. I would love some good news. Uh, it's unexpected news for you. Okay. But a judge has ordered the New York parks open for smoking and said that the city went out of their way, went beyond what they were allowed to do. Yeah! So smoke them if you got them. Fuck you, Bloomberg! Kiss my smoking ass! You know, fucking, does that guy control the air? Does he control what the fuck we could do with our bodies? Because that's what he's trying to do. Holy shit, why aren't you a lawyer when you make such beautiful (laughs) and yet profane statements to the jury? (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I beseech you, look at my cock. (laughs) Is it not a free man's penis? Check it out. Um, So that's a big, big win for you. I'm going to fucking... I should walk home and just stop at every park I can, just light up in every single one of them and say, fuck you, just scream up in the air. <laughs> just start some fires and say, this is smoking, this is my right. Um, later today, we'll have a new Unmasked to announce. It's nice. We suddenly were back on the Unmasked thing in a big way. Back on it. Yeah, we were in, a, a, in low tide, and now the tide has come in. I like that shit. The tide has come in, and we've got a major fucking cool MS to announce later today. That's super fucking cool. I would say one of the uh, real iconic uh, and yet very strange choice to make. <laughs> this is going to be a bizarre unmask. It's going to be fun. Because I know for a fact that this person is unmanageable. Just <laughs> completely... Uh, one of those people who, um, you know, the, the first thing out of their mouth is no. You know what I mean? Oh, like Jesus. whatever. There, there are certain people I always laugh about them. Yeah. That they no, no, no matter what happens, no, you're like right. the sky's blue, right? No, well, no, not always. <laughs> I mean, they're on. always my favorite. You know, wrestling fucking partners. Um, so this should be a uh, this should be a great deal of fun. Uh, Mike, you're on the Run of Fest show. Ronnie B, I wake up to doing the mess around. At that, it, it's going to be a fucking fantastic day. I appreciate all that. Now, who, I got to tell you this. Yeah, it's Ray. It's Ray Charles's artist of the day. But Robbie Robertson just dropped um, a Ray Charles thing where he said he was moved to tears one night, had to leave at the end of a song, and then uh, that had me thinking a lot about Ray Charles all night. I'm like, why aren't I listening to more Ray Charles? There's so much. What goes on in my mind? There's so much good in the world that some of the great things have to be pushed aside for a little while. Uh, 
That seemed like he was starting good, and then he left. He just, I think maybe this is shit. His first couple of things, I just, I'm, like, I'm like always watching him out of the corner of my eye, and I know he had a shrink last night, so that's always like, a, you know, like, I got a new system I'm going to work yeah. with. And uh, I'm like, okay, seems like it's there. And then he just, he bolts. <laughs> it going to shrink's like a cortisone shot for him. It is. It's a really <laughs> good point. It's It gives him a good 15, 20 minutes of no pain. And I'm down with that. I say give him all the cortisone shots he fucking needs. It's a cure-all. Until you realize you're destroying yourself. Um, here's Jason. Jason, you're on the Running Fest show. Hey, Ron Fez. Hey, Pepper, I want to thank you very much from the bottom of my heart for picking the Oakland A's to win last night. You're He's welcome. something. You're fucking welcome, asshole. He's consistently inconsistent. And I, I think that's fascinating. I fucking... I talked down Verlander yesterday, and the fucking guy just dominates. Doesn't he was give a up, monster. Doesn't give up a hit to the seventh inning. Yeah, he was a monster. <laughs> Come on. How does this happen? He hasn't been like lights out all year, but a fucking guy just steps up. Destroyed him. I was so sad for this the fucking This is what matters. October. Yeah, but, you know, aren't you a little bit happy for Detroit? That's <sighs> a city that could use it. Yeah. Still though, they've had success. They've they're, they're on they're on an upswing. I mean, as a place. No. <laughs> oh, I don't think of the people of Detroit. And they still have to play the Red Sox, which yeah. looks at this point impossible. It looks like it's going to be fucking Red Sox Dodgers. I'm just, just that would be a really cool fucking thing though. Yeah, but now knowing that it's it's going to be fucking Tigers. Now that you picked it. <laughs> It's going to be Tiger's cards. And no one wants to see that. I, I want to see it. I don't. It wouldn't bother me at all. I think that all these things are kind of old school. I always like the old school names in there. Uh, if fucking, uh, I, if it is Detroit cards, give them Detroit. Give them Detroit all day. I don't want you to, to my pick A's. anything. <laughs> I don't want you to pick a goddamn thing. Um, Jeff, you're on the Run of Fez show. Jeff. Hey, how are you? Hey, buddy. Hey, um, I've been listening to the show for years, and uh, Fester has turned into a funny guy, uh, or he was a funny guy, and he turned into a red guard in a recent year or so. I think, Fez, you'd make a great red guard. Thanks, man. That's very helpful. Uh, Jose in San Antonio. What's going on, Ronnie B? Hey. How are you doing? I just want to com uh, commend Brandon Marshall for not wearing those stupid pink shoes yesterday to the NFL. Well, how much did it cost him? Uh, I think the uh, first reports was five, about five grand. That's what they charged Marshawn Lynch for not fucking wearing uh, the pink. That's not bad. Well, I know he's donating the money to his charity, uh, you know, for the disorder, the mental disorder. So that's good on him. And also, I guess Hicks already predicted the, the Tigers to win the World Series, which is good because I'm a Dodger fan. So sure. thank you, Hicks. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's going your way right now. I, you know, if you people really think about it, I'm doing you a fucking favor because now you know whoever I'm rooting for, the thing that my gut, my heart, my the thing I love, the thing I want to happen, it ain't gonna happen. So now you know how to fucking bet. I don't want. I seriously want to get you a job as the world's worst weatherman. <laughs> I think that would be the perfect position. That you're like, uh, anytime that you say a bring an umbrella, forget about it. Put on your sunglasses and head out. It's going to be a hot, sunny day. Looks like there's going to be tornadoes through the middle of the cities everywhere. Um, you people should get into bomb shelters. I just want to bring this up. Uh, he's doing a parody right now, some joking. Do not run to your bomb shelters. There's not going to be tornadoes everywhere. Even if I did say that, it'd be, it'd be turned to raining money. And wouldn't you... <laughs> Wouldn't you want to go to a tornado shelter and not a bomb shelter? Well, they're the same thing, aren't they? 
And they're in the ground. They're concrete. Yeah, but, you know, it's two different things happening on the outside. <laughs> you don't look over at people like in Oklahoma and go, that's weird. A bomb shelter? Who's going to bomb this place? <laughs> Flat already. You do it a mess around. All right, Fez is back, which is always a good sign. The Red Guard is standing online one more time. It's in the house. All right, 866 Ron Zero Fez. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Coming up in just a couple of minutes, we're going to have a guest stop by the lovely Elizabeth Olsen. The lovely Elizabeth Olsen. Um, And since it's uh, Comic-Con, she's going to be playing the Scarlet Witch, though she's not allowed to talk about it. (laughs) It's top secret. Yeah. A certain bad motherfucker... Gave the information away, though. Yeah, he dropped he dropped that bomb, which everyone started fucking losing their mind over. No one could do anything about Sam. He's just unmanageable. Okay, he, he does whatever the fuck he wants, and he doesn't care if he gets in trouble. And, like, who's really going to get him in trouble? The fucking guy is all over the goddamn franchise. He's not going to replace him. They love him too much. So he does. Sam Jackson does what Sam Jackson wants to fucking do. He really does. He really does just uh, decide that this is his world. <laughs> And there's not a lot of that you can do about it. Um, Tim, Tim, you're on the run of Fez show. Yeah, how you doing? Yeah. Talk about uh, the uh, Ray Charles tribute. I was thinking about the weather today, thinking about Fezzy. How about being green by Ray Charles with Kermit the Frog? I not going to happen, dude. Not going to fucking happen. There's, there's, we're, not, yeah, we're not going to be playing Kermit Rock today. Come I know on. it shocks people that a lot of adults don't sit around playing Kermit <laughs> Rock. We could have done it with Paul Williams. Not going to do it. So calm yourselves. Remember what uh, Elmo did to fucking little speed-addicted twinks. He fucking used them like a sleeve. I'm not going to say what kind of sleeve, but he used them. As a certain sleeve. <laughs> yeah. We'll just leave it at that. And then there's racist Elmo who just got fucking put away. Well, that Elmo is not, you know, he's bootleg. <laughs> he's completely boot. I still blame him. I still associate <laughs> him, though. Now, by the way, I have no idea who the Scarlet Witch is and why that's a big, important story. But it's uh, everywhere. She's like a, a witch. She has witch powers, and she's dressed all in red. Um, Lady in red. That's what's up. <laughs> yeah, that is up right now. Love that. Uh, Ross, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, uh, how you doing? Great, great beginning, but Chris, you piece of shit, I begged you <laughs> to root for the Cardinals, and look what happened. And then you did it for the fucking A's. If you want them to win... Folks for the other side, you dumbass. We recognize it. Why can't you? It is there is some truth to what Russ is saying. Look, hey, Russ is a fucking moron. You know why? But you you, you couldn't fool your own jinx. Exactly. It's it's what I'm feeling. Like I my instinct is always wrong. So I, I'm going to ask you a question right now. Yeah, your complexion looks great. Uh, <laughs> you are not yellow, gray, ready for death. Yeah. You slowing down a little bit in some of your habits? <laughs> I, I I haven't had a drink since like early Sunday, so I, I've now remember how alarming it was when Jack Bruce came in yeah. yesterday that yeah. looked like he was laying in his box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen you on mornings like that. Oh my god, where the that your tombstone gray. Jesus, really? Yeah, that. So you've taken uh, four or five days off of drinking. Yeah, yeah. I've I've fucking pulled it back a little bit. Yeah. How come? Is there a reason? Uh, just I think I need to get the old brain refocused. You know, mm-hmm. don't don't like feel like I'm falling off on anything. 
Do you miss puking blood, or is it? <laughs> have you replaced it with something else? No, I do not miss that. I do, you know, vomiting and hangovers make you feel like shit. Feel good though. Feel fresh. I couldn't be happier. <laughs> I see it. You look not your age, obviously. You still look 10, 15 years older, but you don't look elderly today. That's good. I like to be spry. Because <laughs> there are mornings I look at you and I go, I I, I have a countdown clock. <laughs> he is not going to be around long. <laughs> He's not going to do it. thought I was getting by. Uh, Filtered Excellence is uh, up. And Louder Than Love, the Grandy Ballroom story, is up on there. Uh, anybody in Detroit, this is a very, very famous um, club in Detroit that kind of started or where a lot of the great Michigan rockers came out of. So I, I watched this documentary just thinking, eh, you know, eh. by the end of it, I'm like, this is one of the coolest rock documentaries I've ever seen in my life. That sounds fucking awesome. Because I didn't really know the story. So going into it, when you don't already know, like... Uh, any of the kind of background. And, you know, I know, you know, Detroit is always like, you know, we did the live albums yesterday. A lot of people, when they would do live albums, they would cut it in Detroit because the audiences were crazy. Yeah, the maniacs. Yeah, so it always really sounded good. But this is kind of the reason why, is because of this one place that made them feel like, you know, we love the rock. It's like a mecca of just fucking insanity. Just people just well, I'll tell you rooms. this: the house band for this place was the MC Five. Okay, that's any the MC Five were fucking just there every night, just fucking rocking. And the you know the story kick out the jams. Yeah, is because they would show up at the sound checks, and uh, this is back in the nineteen sixties, and heckle the fucking bands that were headlining, <laughs> being like. You know, where's the fucking sound? Kick yeah. out the jams, motherfucker. They would, yeah, by the way, this is like Janis Joplin. <laughs> uh, it was like Iron Butterfly, The Who, Anyone Pink coming Floyd, through town. all these big fucking bands, yeah. And the MC5 or the Stooges would be opening for these bands. And um, it was just a crazy, great fucking rock and roll place. Um. You, you would love this thing. You well, would just actually love it. That time in Detroit was just fucking amazing. Like the late 60s in Detroit and the early 70s, just the bands coming out of there were fucking Well, monsters. at the same, but a lot of people never even talked about it because Motown was so big. You know what I mean? So yeah. everyone would just think of Motown. But there was a really great rock, even heavy rock, early punk scene going on at the same time. Ted Nugent is playing there. Alice Cooper. These guys are all at the same fucking thing. They're all at the same joint. Fucking crazy. You know, they're just playing and, and, you know, competing against each other. And it's a really great rock and roll documentary. Um, and it's playing this weekend and as part of that CBGB's thing that's all over the city. Uh, you know, why everybody's promoting the CBGB's, Paul McCartney pops out 50 yards from here and does this, a free set. It's like a great time to be in New York right now. Like, just well, this so is the time of year shit. for it. Yeah, this is the time of the year for it. You know, there'll be other times it's not so great. <laughs> I want to see where his next Paul's next secret show is going to be at. It seems like it's all he can do anymore. It's free secret shows. I'm constantly fucking 200 feet away from him. It's right in my neighborhood or, or at work. Um, it's funny how he tours now more than like when he was 30. 
You know what I mean? Like he's on a touring schedule now that I don't remember him doing in his, you know, you know, he would do every five years or something. Now it seems like every year or so there's a giant Paul McCartney tour. He just loves being out there. Um, this is kind of uh, sad. We had a death in the Wes Anderson uh, world. Oh, Jesus. I don't know what happened, man. I guess I lost my touch. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, fuck. What's that guy's name? That was... um. Begins with a P, right? Yeah, that was uh, the fucking... Damn it. And he, You're and he was, bad at stuff. And he was in uh, Royal Tenenbaums. Well, he was in most. He would always yeah. play small parts yeah. for him. Fez, what's his name? You got the eye bang up. Uh, Kumar Palana. Is that how you say it? Yeah. And a lot of times they would just call him Kumar. Because I don't know if he would answer it any other name. But he was like in his 90s. That's really fucking sad. I want him to live forever. I want him to be the next one. Did you ever even have a touch to lose, man? <laughs> that was the fucking greatest line. Um, I think Mr. Henry set those guys up. <laughs> I, I just, you know, I don't have any. I'm not holding any grudges against Mr. Henry. Give this belt buckle to him. <laughs> Matt, you're on the Run Fest show. Hey, what's up, boys? Hey. Hey, um... Bubba, have you done any uh, crocodilian yet? Is that what it's called? No, I have not done any crocodile. I don't even crocodile. know what this is. It's, it's apparently, uh, and again, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm wary of these things, Ron, as you might be, but then people are dumb enough to pump anything into their veins if it feels good. Supposedly a Russian homemade drug that basically eats your flesh away, and it's got like a heroin high, apparently. Uh, um, I heard about this years ago. Really? Flesh eating, yeah, because they put some like they put acids in it and yeah. shit, like industrial chemicals in so it. So it's eating you from the inside. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking really nuts. I don't know. I, I, I but if someone offered me, I'm not gonna eat the flesh. I'm not gonna do the flesh eating drug. Just do a little bit. Of it. <laughs> I guess I have some flesh to spare. Yeah, it just it, the there's like giant lesions, and your skin just starts fucking dissipating. Is there an upside to this at all? Uh, it's like a downer, so I guess you feel like a little codeine high. It's part, sounds nice. Yeah, it's like part like codeine and weird chemicals and it, it, gasoline, <laughs> light fluid. All right, coming up in just a couple of minutes, uh, Elizabeth Olsen is going to be here. She's the new. Is she the new it girl yet, or on the thing of kind of being new indie it girl? Uh, she's she's right now. She's firmly in as the indie it girl after Marth, Martha Marcy May Marlene. Yeah, when that came out, everyone lost their mind. About and then she was the cute girl in liberal arts. Yeah, that was another good role for her. And now she's in Kill Your Darlings, which is about all the beat guys uh, when they were young. And she's going to be an old boy, the remake by Spike Lee, which is pretty cool. The original boy was great. I'm sure Spike's going to do a great job with it. So she uh, already shot that? Yeah, that's uh, that's shot, yeah. I like Spike. Yeah. I like how many people he pisses off, too. <laughs> oh. I just like for the, the the people who say I hate Spike are like the people who need something to be pissed off about. Before this, but when this was just announced, before he even said he was going to do remake Old Boy, people were fucking just attacking him left and right. Like, why would you do that? Old Boy, people fucking thought Old Boy was perfect the way it was. But I'm, I can't wait to see it. Spike Lee's the man, and Old Boy's a great movie, so. Do you like remakes? Um, Normally, no, but I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to watch it. Got to give him the chance. You feel like he's earned that. Fuck yeah. 
Um, here's Mike. Mike, you're on the Run Fest show. Hey, guys. Happy Friday. Happy. Hey, uh, favorite scene about uh, Wes Anderson's character there is when he stabs Gene Hackman with the pocket knife yeah, in the Royal Green Box. <laughs> Without even saying, hey, is this a good idea? <laughs> no, it just fucking goes for it. And then when Hackman said, like, do not stab me again, it yeah. was really great. Yeah, exactly. I'm not sure it even got through his camel hair coat, but it was classic. I think it punctured the skin a little bit. Yeah, it did. It went into him. <laughs> Wasn't that bad. Uh, Justin, you're on the Run of Fez show. What's up, guys? Yeah. Uh, the Scarlet Witch character is, uh, is Magneto's daughter. That's the... Uh, the whole like background on that character, so she's. she's well, what's she sweet. doing with the Avengers then? I think she's part of the Avengers. Like her brother's Quicksilver is another character. But um, isn't the isn't Magneto with the X Men? Yeah, but I guess he knocked up some broad and she popped out. But I, I thought so. a different studio, other than Marvel, owned all those characters. That's my point. Yeah, um, uh, I'm not sure. I think another studio has been that. doing them X Men movies. But they, they they probably won't even mention Magneto. They'll just say this is the fucking Scarlet Witch, and she. Yeah, has but normally powers. when you buy, let's say you're the studio, and you buy a, a comic book, you own all those characters for your films. Since there's so many X Men and so many characters associated with it, and in the comic books they cross over so much, they probably had to pick and choose who they were going to buy. Why? Because otherwise, I, I mean, maybe Marvel's uh, all charging I would too say much. is where did it originate? Did it originate with X Men? Hey, guess what? I fucking bought X-Men. You're not using that character in case it comes big. No one expected Iron Man to be so goddamn big. Hell no. Now he's bigger than Batman and Superman. Pepper. Yeah. Man, Fez is not even going to react to that line. <laughs> I was really hoping that would pull him out. If, if you guys like the movie Old Boy, you should check out uh, Battle Royale. It came out around the same time. It's a Japanese flick. It's just as dark, and they haven't remade it, and it's, it's awesome. Is this it all Japanese stuff? Uh, I thought Old Boy was like Korean. Um, uh, is it a remake if you're doing a foreign film, though? I think they'll still technically say it's a remake. But Al Royale was, uh, yeah, that was Japanese. That was little kids fighting on an island, killing each other. That sounds like Ender's Game. Yeah, it was Ender's Game. Lost Boys. If I get into Lost an Lost early Lost. screening of Ender's Game, do you want to go with me? Could I? <laughs> that would that be cool? You like a date day? <laughs> I would really, I do really want to uh, see. Do it. you think it'll be good? Um, I, I all right. I, I think the trailer gave way, way too fucking much. If you I haven't mean, seen, he read the book. It's not giving away. If, if if the story is good, the giving away isn't as bad as you think. I think it's. Gonna right, be look, good. let me tell you something. Uh, I went to see this Romeo and Juliet that Elizabeth Olsen is in. Yeah. How many times have you seen that? You know what I mean. Yet they still do it. I'm excited to see it, and I can't. I actually, I, I'm kind of losing it. I can't wait to see it. I fucking, I really actually. This I, is you being cool. <laughs> I've tried to fucking not lose it. Well, I'm gonna probably the, take somebody from the show to see it with me. I well, don't know who yet. Th- hey, all right, it can't be Fez because Lawrence Scott Card fucking had that. He won't coach. go. Yeah, but Vito uh, loves movies. Don't give. And it let's to Vito. let's face it, Pips has been a superstar. Vito is the best. And I've never really got any me and Pips time. Together. Pips doesn't even like Ender's Game. I got a feeling he doesn't like me. <laughs> no, he loves you. All right, hold on. Uh, Pat in DC is going to explain to us about the Scarlet Witch. Yeah, hey, fellas. Yeah, she is definitely uh, Magneto's daughter. Um, 
she started off as a as a as a mutant villain, and then she ended up as an Avenger. The reason she she's actually going to be in both uh, both the X Men and the uh, Avengers movie. No, no one's ever but, done that before. No, right? there, there's been no crossover. Yeah, between uh, Spider Man, the X Men, and the Avengers stuff. No, here's, here's what they're doing. See, because uh, Fox Studios owns the X Men, right. not Marvel Studios. Right. So what they're going to do? They're going to have four different actors playing those characters because the next X-Men movie is going to have Quicksilver uh, but not the Scarlet Witch and the next Avengers movie is going to have both Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. So but a different one. Oh. But a different person playing it. Just a different person but it's the exact same character. I doubt they'll use in the next Avengers movie. I doubt they'll, they'll say she's Magneto's daughter or that she's a... She's a just a person. She's not Magneto's daughter. She's just a red witch of some sort. Yeah. Uh, and her brother, yeah. I don't know. If they won't call her a mutant, though. That's the thing. But it's all fucking retarded because Marvel in the 80s was cash strapped and they fuck it. Yeah, they made they the biggest mistake their of their life, right? Yeah. If they still owned Spider Man and X Men, the one that they gave away. It would be a fucking fanboy jerk off party. Because they would just, everyone would be together. They'd all be in the same fucking movies. Because in the comic books, Spider Man was on the Avengers and the X Men and that shit, too. They'll, I'm sure they'll still the studios. Make There's got to be a breaking point with this though. Where people are going like I've seen enough of it. But I, it, they've really been on a long run. Like and I had on the news today, and they were talking about New York Comic Con, which, <coughs> to be honest, I don't think is that big a deal. It's like it's like they were, like it was San Diego, and they were also talking about dressing up. Adults were saying, I'm thinking about getting dressed up and going over there. The cosplay thing is now broken out wide, too. And that only happened in the San Diego Comic-Con. Like, that was that was the one. That was the one that once a year, everyone fucking went there. And that was the big one. And now it's gotten ridiculously big. And to, for the uh, for now, New York Comic-Con, it doesn't have the panels that fucking San Diego does. But, but it does have the Halloween aspect. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it does have the, you're not going to be as interested in this, but this gives you another opportunity to dress up. Uh, and see other people dressed up. That's what people seem to like more than anything else. That's so fucking weird. Those people used to be seen as weirdos and fucking just like furries. Well, yeah, it used to be some normal guys would go there and be like, oh my God, this is hysterical and take pictures of Spock and, you know, the crew walking by, people dressed up as them. But now you will see that and you will see like the Incredible Hulk taking a picture of someone else in a costume. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're all in costumes now. And just a large amount of, like, really hot women dressed in scantily as whatever. Name a fucking A lot video of those game. women are fucking hired to do that. Oh, fuck. You didn't know that? I didn't know that. Yeah, a lot of, like, the corporation. It used to be, you know, some girl with glasses that was a little chunky would dress up and be treated like a queen. But now corporate people go... Let's grab a couple playmates, dress them up, have them walk through the place, and end up hanging around our fucking you know booth. So it's I just got played again. Yeah, it's lost its innocence, and yet what You're do you innocent. care if you are looking at some ass? <laughs> um, Andy, you are on the Run Fest show. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. So there is something called. Uh, Dragon Con in Atlanta, which is kind of like Comic Con. It's like a low budget version, but uh, they have like 
all the people dress up and do the crazy stuff like that. They do some panels, but they don't get like any of the big draws for like the people that would go to the San Diego one. But I think they said they had like 60,000 people or something that went to it this year. So that cosplay stuff that uh, Pepper was just mentioning is still pretty big. Yeah. I mean, well, isn't Dragon Con for like fucking like games too, like board games and shit like that? Yeah, I, I think that's how it kind of differentiates itself. So it like has a big like uh, gaming thing, which um, I guess that caters to some of the people. But then they have like all the, you know, like B or C or D list type uh, um, actors who are on some of the like sci-fi shows and things like that. And then just completely like burned out irrelevant people like Tracy Lords was there signing autographs for some reason. I don't know what she has to really do with anything. Um, and then a lot of other people where you're like, oh, yeah, I kind of recognize them, but I never know their name. Yeah, see, this is what uh, eventually, you know, it came around to. It's a chance for people to make some money now that weren't necessarily into that thing before. Yeah. You know? It's fucking like a cottage industry. Or actually, it's just probably a big industry at this point. Well, yeah, it's... it's it's mass appeal. There is nothing nerdy about being a nerd now. You are the mainstream. That's really weird because I used to hear, I would read about Dragon Con or see like an ad for Dragon Cons coming up. And it was like for like Dungeons and Dragons and guys who were like into like really hardcore board games like Sellers of Catan or fucking Warhammer or some shit. Like really like weird niche shit. But now you'll see these uh, young actresses just like I'm a nerd. Yeah. Like, I really like sci-fi and comics. <laughs> Go Star Wars. You know, so they just fucking lie because they know there's money in it. <laughs> fucking just manipulating <laughs> lonely fucking weirdos. But the lonely weirdos are now, uh, um, you know, the last time I talked to G-Baby about this, he fucking nailed it that the true people that like that kind of stuff are a minority even inside the so-called fanboy world that the true fanboys who are going to go for uh the kevin smith stuff for the edgar wright stuff are a minority of all the people who act like that they're into it okay they're that their scene their fanboy scene got co-opted <laughs> they must be fucking pissed they must, i don't think they uh, they recognize it yet they're just so happy <laughs> That these things are getting bigger and bigger, but what they don't realize is that it's bigger and they're being kind of edged out. There's now a minority inside this thing that was supposed to be their world. They should start some sort of resistance type thing. I don't think they know. I don't think they're smart enough to realize what has happened. And, you know, they sit around and brag like about, you know, Avengers made more money. And I'm like, well, that doesn't fucking help you. Do you like the movie? Not how much did it make? You seen the back end? Yeah. You're not part of that. So that's not a thing for you to celebrate for. Um, Rami, you're on the Manifest show. I just, I grew up in the 90s generation where it was, if you had Pokemon cards, you had to hide them like a Coke addiction to your parents. And it's just unfair that now you got these hot chicks running around these Comic Cons and it just turns into ecstasy fun parties. Where was I? Yeah, I mean, it's the same as every other fucking gathering. You know it what got I mean? popular yeah. and successful. When it gets popular, people are like, what, where are the hot chicks? Where's the dope? <laughs> and it has nothing to do with the original comic and loving com- comics are not selling more at all. No. As a matter of fact, they're being pushed to the side 
in comic cons yeah i mean they already have what 40 years of material to go to for these movies well even the san diego com thing now it's starting to have some more serious movie panels oh yeah uh there's tv shows that have very little to do that like that's the spot to premiere a new tv show the san diego comic-con to get like fucking heat for it right like this is new footage that no one's gonna see except for the people in this room but then it'll be like a cop show or something you know what i mean <laughs> ironside fucking remake <laughs> they've they've done away with the geek nerdy weirdo thing it's fucking odd, man. And then all these guys that go on TV. Oh yeah, man. I grew up watching um Hulk and I used to read all the comics. Loved them. I guess I'm what you'd call a nerd who also <laughs> got letters in four different sports. <laughs> I'm actually just jacked. This these are the notes my fucking publicist gave me to say. Yeah. So many fucking bad stories out there today. I don't even know if I want to talk about these. There's just posters for that missing kid all over oh, the subways. God. I saw one in the village last night. I'm just like in the village. I'm having a nice time. And I look up and I see a poster of that kid. Yeah. Felt like I was in fucking Lost Boys. <sighs> fucking really terrible. Uh,. Corey, you're on the run of Fest show. Yeah, hey, guys. No, the New York Comic Con, it is expanding. I mean, this year they have Sylvester Stallone actually signing autographs on Sunday. I don't know how much he's charging. And, but, like, I'm also not into comics, but I go down there and I look at all the girls, especially the Asian chicks. They're all dressed up with their tits and their asses hanging out and stuff like that. And if you're a real perv like most of the guys down there, you can just walk up to them and go, hey, can I take a picture with you? And they're like, okay, no problem. Yeah, but see, that wasn't the original idea of this. It was supposed to be a celebration of comic books and the comic book culture. But now you're like, hey, if you're a real perv, these chicks got their tits and asses hanging out. It's supposed to be, it was supposed to be fans going to see, I don't know, writers talk about their fucking shit. Writers, illustrators, yeah. how to break into the business. Yeah, exactly. It was a very big thing of this. <laughs> And they had access to these guys. So it was, it was like an exciting thing for them where they could go right. and actually have a conversation with these dudes. Now it's like a fucking you know, 30 hours on a line against the Game of Thrones panel at San Diego Comic-Con. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. It is ridiculous. But, you know, what do I care? It's their fucking thing. If you're dumb enough to let this thing get taken away from you, I guess you deserve to lose it. Um, John, well, John, you're on the run of fish show. Hey, what's going on, guys? Big yeah. ass two two five nine five. Oh, that's old school. Hoo-ah! Hey, I just want to let you know, I'm not even going to Comic Con this year. It's become a joke. I've gone the last like four or five years. Stallone's charging four hundred dollars for a photo. Wow! And you know, he can get at least two, three thousand people to do that. Holy fucking shit. outrageous. And you're looking over a mill. That's fucking crazy. Crazy or the smartest thing you've ever heard in your life? Fucking shit, Sly. I'm not now I'm not gonna go see his new movie, Escape Plan with Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> you seen the trailers for that? Why aren't you gonna go? Because <laughs> you think it's a ripoff? Yeah, he's fucking making a million at Comic Con, he doesn't need my money. Yeah, but here's the deal. He's those people 
But it's worth it to them to have a four hundred dollar picture with Stallone. That way they can say they're friends. Hey, look, me and Sylvester Stallone are really close. Look at a picture of us next to that uh, Comic Con fucking poster. I must have I must have uh, been with him for almost four seconds. And look, my hand is hovering over his shoulder as if I was almost going to touch him. <clears throat> Um, Barney, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, yeah, I was just going to say a perfect example of what you were just talking about, the original Comic-Con type events. It's like from the movie Chasing Amy, where you had real nerdy fanboy guys coming up and talking to the illustrators, and talking about where they're going, where they got their ideas from. That's what I think about when I think about the original ones. Now, that stuff is still there, but it's not as big as Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now they, they also have people walking up to them saying, who are you? What do you even do? Oh, I yeah. actually make comic books. Really? <laughs> what is that? You know, paper, you know, illustrations. Right. Is that going to get turned into a kick-ass awesome movie? <laughs> Elizabeth o- Olsen is here. This got the comic uh, con stuff started because she's in, um, well, going to be the Scarlet Witch. Yeah. In the next Avengers, uh, she's also doing "Kill Your Darlings," which is about the really early stages of the Beats. Uh, I think she plays uh, Kerouac's chickeness. Um, she's a great young actress. Yeah. Great young actress is also doing "Romeo and Juliet," which is uh, done by the classic stage company in New York City through November tenth. Let's bring in Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth Olsen uh, is doing Kill Your Darlings, comes out in theaters Friday, October 18th. You could also catch her in Romeo and Juliet at the classic stage company in New York City running through uh, November 10th. Elizabeth, welcome. Nice Thank to see you. you. Nice to see you, too. Playing one of the, uh, well, the, one of the people interacting with the early beats. The, yes. Those guys were an obsession for me, as I guess they always are for a lot of people at a certain age. Right. people. I actually was, I never went through a beat phase. I think it's more of a boy thing. It could have been. Yeah. I, I was more of like a, I liked the jazz age. That's kind of what I got into in high school. 1920s. Was, yeah, Hemingway, Fitzgerald. Yeah. That's what I was into in school. Hemingway is actually unusual for a It is girl. unusual. I, I also liked Charles Bukowski, which is also in Chuck Panic, yeah. which are also, I think, majority misogynists. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Yeah, they are, but um, it's it's amazing writing. Yeah, you know what I mean, but you know, we talk about misogyny. The beats for a young man because you're like, oh, this is what I want to do. I want to experience life. I want to get out and do it. But they were also tough on women. They were, yeah. I mean, uh, it, it's fun to be part of this film 
um, I haven't been doing much press work because it is, it's the men's story. It's yeah. not really, I, I played a girlfriend who, you know, I played Edie Parker, who's Jack Kerouac's um, first wife, but not even technically because they got an annulment mm-hmm. immediately after. She just helped him get out of jail because that was the only way is if they're married. Um, and for the rest of her life, she taught about the beats in university and she had real no connection to them afterwards. But, um, but clearly it left a lasting impression on her. Well, all those guys, they were about freedom going out, but then yeah. they all got married and had kids and then left those people yeah. time and time again. Absolutely. So it was when I got to be an adult, I was like, wow, these guys were really a little more fucked up than I remember thinking when I was a kid. Yeah, absolutely. You know? But then all every writer that we, you know, that we were bring up, Hemingway went through mm-hmm. a bunch of different people and they, they get so consumed with the art experience. Yeah, I also think people also, um, I think artists at large, if you're like a real artist, you mm-hmm. become um, maybe primarily obsessed with something very specific for a moment of time. And then when you're ready to adapt or change or explore something else, you just drop everything and move on to that something else. Yeah, it's all dead to you. Yeah. You know? I'm not like that, though. You're not like that. <laughs> you're a nice person who interacts. Uh, you're also doing this remake, Romeo and Juliet, which, uh, you know, we know the story, but yeah. I went and saw this. Cool. And it... Uh, you you try to explain theater to people. This is a fairly blank stage, and you, like I say, you know the story. But as you're watching it, it's amazing the places that you can go. Yeah, in live it's um, it's a funny space. We it's hard to also create a set for Romeo and Juliet, right? Um, without without things that are that are able to come up from above and slide mm-hmm. in and. Um, we don't really have that, so we just decided to create an open space where the the only things that are at our disposal are ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so we've tried to create the story just with our bodies, our voices, our interactions, our relationships, which allows the audience, I hope, to create their own, um, with their own imagination, create their own setting, their own... Right. Um, filling in the blanks. I hope that that's what we've we've left it to them to do. Well, it's almost like it's an alternate uh, universe. You Absolutely. know what I mean? You know, it do, it's not set to any one time. It's not set to any one place. But it may be the most universal story yeah. that we have, and I think it's why we keep playing it over and over. Yeah, you know? I think that's. I mean, because it's it's funny. I I didn't really think I wanted to do Romeo and Juliet a year and a half ago, and we did a reading for it. Just because I was thinking, well, that's probably, if there's one story that people internationally know is Romeo and Juliet. Right. Um, all different ages, all different generations. Um, and so that wasn't very interesting to me. Um, but then I read it and I was like, God damn, this is so good. Yeah, it is. And she, and there aren't many stories that so successfully um, allow a young woman to become a woman in a short period of time. And with so much um, humor and strength and and, and wit, um, so to me, it's just it's so much fun to be able to do so much with one role. Yeah, I think that was the the thing that I loved about it is that you get the feeling in this how young they are, how impulsive, 
and even somewhat stupid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they're not taking any time to think. Right. They're just if they reacting. did, the story probably wouldn't happen. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but but it is what you do when you're a teenager. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that it really is about young love. And I think the way the the story used to be present presented from the classical point of view is that these are truly star crossed lovers. But now that you can look at it from this point of view, you can say this is something kids do and they end up making terrible decisions Mm -hmm. because they cannot control all this feeling, this emotion that comes over them. Well, and also it doesn't help that their families are, are, have so much to do with it. Like it's not just them making stupid choices. They're kind of left to not making any of their own choices because their families think they know it's best and um that's what creates most the the conflict yeah you're when you're in a set lifestyle like that like this is who we are and a lot of people are born into families like that yeah where people like us don't do that right it it causes rebellion right you know you have to of course it's funny though because the way i like to think of Juliet is yes she's being she's rebelling against her parents but her loyalty now lies with her husband in her in right. religiously also there it's a very religious play mm-hmm. and now that she is married that's where her loyalty lies so even if it is rebellion it's also loyalty yeah and no one could be dumber than that priest i mean that's, 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 <laughs> you know, that's this is the worst solution for any problem ever <laughs> you know that's what's so funny because I, I we really i think we highlight it um in the end mm-hmm. quite a bit um you know where uh how he was responsible and um i have a friend who's who's a writer and he was just after he saw it he was just going off like like at what like there are there there are more ways that this could have gone screwed up than i mean the only the only way it could have worked is exactly what he said in any other situation if one thing goes wrong yeah he screwed up everything why did he ever think this was an okay decision yeah it, it, it's insane yeah it's insane <laughs> but what's kind of cool about this too is I, I don't know whether i've ever seen anything where romeo and juliet spend less time together yeah you know what i mean so it's basically like kids they're off into their own world and even when they're thinking about each other, uh, I, I, they kind of over romanticize it. They're mm. they're they're really in love with their own passion. Yeah. I think in this this play, maybe yeah. Um, it's funny. There's only four scenes with Romeo and Juliet in the whole play. There's um, and two of them are very very short. Yeah, and that's just how Shakespeare wrote it. And so um, it's it's funny when people talk about chemistry between actors in these roles throughout time and throughout mm-hmm. all productions when um, the majority of the chemistry has to do with your imagination. Right. Which is kind of right. hilarious. But it's that, you know, it's catching someone's eye across the, the, the room. Yeah. And when someone, if your friend said to you, I saw someone at a party and now I'm obsessed with them. Yeah. You'd be like slowing them down as yeah, quickly like, as you could. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a rational mind. Right. Like stop following their Facebook page. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting crazy now. But did you, did, did you ever have an experience when you were very young and you felt like you were in love? Um, yeah. I mean, you know, you still kind of think that was some sort of love because you start to learn. I 100% think Yeah, and you, and you you do learn about um, so much about yourself. Because when, when I was 16, I you know, I had a high school boyfriend and I, I still think very positively of right. him. Um, 
But um, but yeah, you you learn so much about yourself in those situations, and and then you look back and you're like, oh my god, I had no idea what I was doing or yeah. who I was, and but maybe that's how we'll always look back on ourselves. <laughs> right? Yeah. Maybe in five years I'll think the same thing about that, you know why the hell did I say that in yeah, that interview? Yeah, that would be the worst part of an afterlife if you really do <laughs> go over everything you did in your life. But I remember like even being in first grade, oh yeah, and thinking about uh, this girl that was my little girlfriend. And, you know, when we broke up, it was as bad as later when I got divorced. I felt that kind of. Right. And I think it's the worst thing parents can do is to act like, oh, this is nothing. It'll pass. Right. Because nothing could be bigger. Right. You know, and I think it's why kids will think I have no other solution than to kill myself because, you know, something went wrong. Right. Well, I you hope know? people don't really think like that. They, now. they uh, I just saw a thing today where a kid killed himself because he couldn't figure his way out of whatever his social problem was it's I, I, you got to really watch people at a certain age yeah. because they're so so bigger than life yeah you know? i mean we did we I, I read a lot of when we were first doing like dramaturgical work on the show trying to figure out like modern day stories and there have been um whether it's you know different religions or um different families actually didn't get along they talk about these modern romeo and juliets and they're but um Instead of it saying modern Roman Juliet, say say you know teen teen suicide, teen right. group suicide, um, and it's terrifying. And to me, when I read something like that, I kind of just like, well, that's crazy, right? And then I'm doing this play every night where <laughs> I'm, I guess I'm being crazy. Yeah, but I think that's the thing. Why we go back to Shakespeare because just like we said, there's all these productions. You know, mm -hmm. I made the remake joke, but don't we all just? There's only a couple kind of life stories. And we're all acting them out over and over and over again. That's what the Greeks and Shakespeare do so well. They just kind yeah. of create these situations, these relationships between um, families. And um, and then they just go off those stories over and over and over and over again. And then we still have a hard time getting away from those those main storylines. Yeah. Well, you know, that's why when we do stuff politically and they'll bring up the term family values. And I'm like, I don't know if that's even as good a thing as people think. Right. Because there's a lot of families out there teaching their kids the worst. And even adult kids, you know, are still locked into uh, we don't do this right. or those people don't belong here. All the prejudice kind of gets taught to us. Being black and white and in, in a lot of things isn't always the, the best. I mean, there's, there's a reason why our government shut down right now. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just like yes or no. And it's kind of like, well, there has to be an in between somewhere for things to function. Uh, but, you know, Scalia had that great line the other day where he's like, no, the devil is a real person walking around on the earth. Now, this would normally be something that we would call somebody insane for. But right. this guy is a Supreme Court judge. He's obviously a brilliant guy, but can also sit there at the same time going, no, there's a man, a physical man who walks around and makes people do evil things. Right. We're not as evolved as we think right. we are. Right. Um, I just watched... Um the, the young woman who wrote um, I Am Mahal on Jon Stewart and that clip. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I mean, that, her story was, I mean, I don't know why I'm bringing it up, but I just have never felt more inspired by um, by someone and for someone so young with um, so much strength. I guess that's probably why because, yeah. you know, you think of Juliet as being someone who's young with strength and standing up for her beliefs, hopefully. But um, 
but that that woman, I mean, she's just she's just magical. You know how she's been able to grow up in such a, a a scary situation and take such ownership of her beliefs, even while being threatened for her life. And um, you know, so maybe the devil's walking around, but maybe there's there's also other people who who are strong enough for for a group, a larger group. And yeah, and the thing is that we all both have access to both parts of that. You know, what I mean, there really are. You can find your higher angels. Or you can be the person who goes crazy in a traffic jam and is right. calling people's grandmother's names. You right. know, what I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a choice that you're making, moment by moment by moment. Absolutely. Uh, but I also think it's great when you look at that woman and you hear your friends bitch about, you know, how bad their life is because something happened at work. Yeah, you know I remember I, mean? I had a friend when I was in high school who would like cry to me on the phone because her mother did not knock on her door before coming into the room. Right. And I was, and you know, but then at the same time, it's like, well, that's your perspective. I can't yeah. really, I can't really be mad at you for that or tell you you're stupid for thinking that because that's just your perspective. Did you see Kanye the other night on TV? If you're doing... No, I just know he's having like some sort of war with Jimmy Kimmel. It's amazing. So he, <laughs> he went on Jimmy Kimmel. Okay. Oh, and, he did? Yeah. Oh, and my God. There were things that I never saw on TV before. At one point, he looked at the audience and talked for eight to ten minutes straight. I've never seen anyone do that. <laughs> oh, but, my God. I can't wait to watch this on Hulu. <laughs> yeah. It was almost Shakespearean itself because he was trying to explain to the world how tough it is to be a celebrity and how difficult he does he's not getting a fashion line that he wants and oh it God. was stunning i could not turn it off i mean i think if you're gonna you know if you if you want to complain about something complain about your kids safety and like photographers and things like that yeah. but don't talk about fashion lines yeah <laughs> he's not he <laughs> came up with the leather jo uh, jogging pants and no one will give him i did him see that interview <laughs> when he was doing a radio interview or yeah. what that was that jimmy kimmel did this spinoff of yeah um yeah i mean I, you know what i i it's funny because i used to not have any sort of feeling of entitlement and i think because i'm doing a show every single night I'm starting to like enjoy this like sort of entitled feeling because sometimes if I don't like our audience that night, mm -hmm. I'm just kind of like, well, I don't care. I'm going to do what I want to do. Right. I don't care if you enjoy it. And I have this like awesome new feeling of entitlement, but that's like going a little too far. Well, that show, <laughs> you're doing that show for a couple hours every night, yeah, right? And yeah. it's it's a difficult show to pull off. So I guess the rest of your life, the, the you know, the rest of your day does have to be set up to make that that one move yeah yeah totally i mean we've been doing rehearsals so that's kind of been tedious and tiring before mm -hmm. doing the show but um but yeah it's it's really lovely to be able to kind of have a slow day right. and not feel like the laziest person in the world because at the end of the day you're like i promise i'm going to work yeah it's really going to be hard yeah <laughs> uh by the way the i don't even know how this works in live theater because that opening thing where people just come out one yeah. at a time. I don't know why that is as powerful as it is. I yeah. have no idea. I was sitting there trying to figure out oh, why is this cool. so powerful? I think it's because so many times um, when we go to see theater, mm -hmm. especially Western theater, um, we feel like, okay, well, we're this audience. We're going to watch these people and they're going to dance for us. But we start our show saying, we're here with you. Yeah. Um, we're actors. We understand that you're watching performance right now, and this is our performance. And let's, you know, like I, I get to look at everyone in the audience. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I like to look at someone who's not looking at me until I wait for them to look at me. And then they realize I've been looking at them. And just to be there for that reaction, I enjoy. 
because it's it's fun to be able to be part of a show because it's not television. You can't just right. you know turn us on and off. Um, it's we're in front of you. We're people, and it's it's fun to kind of have that sort of um, abrasiveness at the beginning. There is something so powerful about just everything that you said because we're so used to now. You're on the laptop while you're watching mm. TV. Or you're up and down. But when you're in that, particularly in the off-Broadway, and it's small, you are really in the moment, even when you're in the audience. And I, yeah. I don't know if we have a, a lot of that anymore. Yeah, you know? I think I think you do. I think there's some theater that does that. I think the problem is with um with a lot of productions these days is with with Broadway. You know who's buying your tickets, so you you need a show. You need right. You need um a very performative, beautiful show. Mm -hmm. And hopefully it also um, helps elevate the acting and telling the story. Sometimes it doesn't, but that doesn't matter because it'll still please people. And with Off-Broadway, I think a lot of the fault is is that people love so much good television now that they're trying to create something as hyper-realistic as what we get to watch on television. Mm. But the medium doesn't really lend itself to that. You're not in a close-up. You're not reading someone's thoughts. Um, so I think that kind of theater is the theater that people sometimes don't really, they're like, yeah, it was fine, but like, I'd rather go home, watch Breaking Bad. Yeah. So if you're going to do performance, do performance and acknowledge that it's a performance, that it's live, it's theater, it's breathing. Um, and I think that's kind of what our whole point was. Like, we're not gonna do hyper-realistic Shakespeare because we're speaking funny. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we're not gonna try and convince you this is how we talk. But you know the 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 end of the first act is so goddamn powerful. Yeah, you know what I mean. It really is. You, look, you could physically feel it in that place. And when in in the second act is why I, I I just captured of like what teenage girls going through. Your heart is just broke mm-hmm. during that whole second act and trying to mend things with like any any anything. She just desperation. Just yeah, yeah. It's a really, really great performance, and you, Thank of course, you. have been doing independent film. We brought up, you know, Kill Your Darlings. Now there's a rumor about you. Sam Jackson said something, doing something really big. <laughs> Do you plan these things out, or are you taking it one shot at a time? I'm kind of taking it one shot of a t- at a time. Yeah. Um. I, I, I'm also trying to figure out, you know, I... I do hope that the outcome of a lot of projects, I hope they turn out well, but if they don't, then I, you know, I better be damn sure I'm gonna have a good time making it because right. that's my life. Right. So that's kind of where I've been choosing on who to work with, where we're working, what project it is, how I'm gonna grow from it, and if I'm gonna enjoy the people I'm working with. Yeah, um, that's become really important to me, um, just because it's my livelihood. <laughs> yeah, if you're yeah, if you're gonna make a mistake, you got to make good mistakes yeah. and be like, hey, I know, I know why I did that. it anyway, yeah. but not hey, because of this, I was able to get, you know, on People Magazine or something. Right. That's the stuff that, that I think screws up a lot of young people. And I think of people at yeah. different times where I like, hey, that guy used to be great. What happened? You know, he stopped getting the same kind of roles that were being offered because maybe he took a couple of silly yeah. things. Yeah, and so you have to be careful with... with um, I mean, the funny thing is, is like with Godzilla, because I, I got to do Godzilla, and... To me, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to this meeting about Godzilla. How stupid is that? And then mm-hmm. I see this teaser, and it's Oppen- It's an Oppenheimer quote about him creating the most powerful weapon in the world. Meanwhile, you're looking at this, like, devastated city, and then um, Godzilla roars. 
and you're like, what is this? <laughs> and you're kind of like, this is amazing. <laughs> and that's why I wanted to do the movie. I was like, if that's the movie you're making, I want to be a part of it. And so, you know, hopefully, you know, I used to think maybe even just doing, my brother's a huge comic book guy. I grew up loving Lord of the Rings and, um, you know, even Tim Burton's Fat Mans. And mm-hmm. I, I loved that stuff. And as an actor, I'm starting to realize like a lot of times those are the projects you got to be the most creative and the most out of yourself. Right. So a lot of times you just kind of play yourself doing different things in different situations and you change your hair. Um, but um, with with larger kind of fantastical films, you you get to be more creative and it's fun. Yeah, Tim Burton has definitely stayed weird. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> and he's, he just keeps getting weirder. He, yeah, he's like... <laughs> I don't know what goes on there, but yeah. it, it's it, it's big, but it's also great. Yeah. Thank you so much for stopping by. Thank Congratulations. You Thank you. Thank for you. how this is going. Uh, Romeo and Juliet is playing at the Classic Stage Company in New York City. And uh, I can tell you, you'll be no further away than, what, five rows from yeah. the action at any place. That, that little theater is just phenomenal. And also, Kill Your Darlings is out in theaters Friday, October 18th. Elizabeth, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank See you, you next so time coming yeah. through. Bye. well-rounded young lady yeah she is she's smart and just uh stunningly beautiful yeah but really really a hip kid hell yeah fucking in. like slow the rings too like yeah that. yeah i was laughing i'm like i know that <laughs> that just made you perk up <laughs> Do you, who's your favorite gandalf <laughs> is that the best one ever right excited about the hobbits <laughs> what are they doing two more hobbits yeah, um, and fucking the third one, it wasn't even in any of the books. But this is, these are like prequels? Yeah, these are prequels to... So you uh, know everything's going to work out. Yeah, yeah, everything works out fine. Yeah, the second one's going to be actually the second half of the actual book, The Hobbit. And then the third book is they're just going to make off of a notes Tolkien wrote. About for, off of like an appendix. He made like a timeline between the Hobbit and the fucking Lord and Lord of the Rings. He was really mad that way. Like he was like a mad genius in the I'm going to create a whole universe and and the language and it will make sense too, right? Like yeah. his things. Uh, that could, was always important to him. People could write in Elven or whatever. Like it's insane. Um, He's a linguist. Steve, you're on the Run of show. Ronnie B, you sound like a eight year, two hundred million dollar contract. How you doing? How you doing, my friend? Not too bad, man. I go back uh, to the old school dot com days. Actually, uh, Pepper, you know, this is uh, Steve O, your boy. All right, what's up, Steve O? Just chilling, chilling. Hey, you know, the other day when the Ass Man called up, it got me thinking about some of these old characters that you used to have on the phones back in the day, right? Yeah. And uh, I was thinking about this one guy, uh, Superstar. Have you heard from Superstar at all lately? Oddly, that, uh, I hadn't heard from him in years. You know, he actually he worked at uh, the radio station. He used to be the guy who came around and picked up. Uh, trash and he loves college football 
And he uh, he retired. He was, you know, got his pension from being with CBS, I don't know, 20, 25 years or whatever. And then he moved to Florida. He called about three weeks ago just to check in. And it was great. He's still, you know, it's the same dude, superstar. I must have missed that, man. I'll tell you what, that uh, that good, no good bit, that used to kill him, man. I, I wonder if you can get that going. Uh, well, I do it sometimes with Fez, though. I get Fez involved in it. You know, speaking of which, I feel really bad. Back in the day, you know, going back to the dot-com days, I used to always call up and I would say, uh, you know, hey, Fezzy, uh, homo says what? And he would always, you know, respond immediately with what? Right. That, was the whole, that was the whole bit that we had going on there. And now uh, I feel like I can't do that these days if I did say that. Oh, man, I feel like I... Yeah, then he would uh, have his feelings hurt. But, yeah, man, I just want to give the, the best uh, best of luck to you guys out there. You guys are doing what you're doing, and I appreciate it, man. Right. Moving forward, keep it up. All right, tell you later. Fez, I see you, Steve, I just gave you a panic attack. Yeah. How come? It just it just made me nervous that we were going to go down a whole gay road. Oh, that's what I get nervous about, though. Yeah, like what? Like yeah, nobody wants to go down that gay road. <laughs> we used to call it the old dirt road, if you get my drift. Oh, my yes. God. Nasty. Yeah, real nasty. What scares you about the gay road? Well, I don't want to, you know, it's just that I tend to get very oversensitive about things that I perceive as slurs and that, so I didn't want to get all emotional about that. It's an emotional time, huh? Yeah. Why? Why so emotional? Um, I'm not sure. I just, uh, it's just been, you know, uh, very sensitive lately. Lately? Just recently. Since I've known you. <laughs> I wonder what sensitive even means. You're affected more by the world? But what, but isn't that acting, you know, what's this, what's this all about? Just for later. God, every time I turn around. I just want to swap everything out, keep everything organized. I mean, you look at that young kid here that just came in. She's 24. She's, I think one of the reasons why people gain knowledge you never do because you never read. You know what I mean? Like, maybe if you would read and think about things more, you'd be able to figure it out. I think you're sensitive because I don't know why you're sensitive. Well, you think everybody else is right. Isn't that it? Part yeah. of it? Oh, sure. Yeah. And you're ashamed of the gay thing? Yes. Still. You used to think the gay thing was so funny. That's back before I knew I was gay. Just poking fun at them. Right, not yeah. I was part of the gang mentality, I think. Mocking them out. Well, were you part of the gang mentality? Or because I had people saying before uh, to me, particularly when Fez started coming on the air in Florida, um, I never knew any gay people and always thought it was disgusting. But I feel like Fez is a buddy. And I'm talking about like real, you know, like gator hunters. You know what I mean? Just like real... <laughs> fucking redneck type people but but i think that that sometimes does a lot more than yelling at people you know yeah. like i always think about this with civil rights i think bill cosby is probably more important to civil rights movement of 1960s than he ever gets credit for because a lot of people who didn't know black dudes would watch him and laugh and then say stuff like oh yeah my family's like that yeah. Or he reminds me of my nephew or my brother or my uncle. And I think that kind of, you know, stuff is sometimes even more important than showing up with signs. Well, let's people, you know, it's more human than just showing up with signs. 
It's just it's actually relating to another human being. But it's yeah, there's a subtlety. You know what I mean? Like you don't have a chance to put your defenses up because you're enjoying this rather than being called names. It's like when you get into the, the Scalia stuff that I talked about, which I find to be just fascinating, that a guy who's obviously got a brilliant mind still thinks that there is someone out there, a man who's physically the devil. I'm almost obsessed with how you would make that jump. It's. It doesn't seem... It seems like that should... That shouldn't disqualify you from maybe even holding i don't think so because first of all he 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 probably has somewhat of a majority belief with the country um but you see it your thing is like it shows that he's crazy it shows that yeah he's, he's crazy because he believes there's a physical being that has evil powers and that influences the world Okay, do you think that you're crazy if you think that there's a physical being with positive powers that influences the world? People pray to God. Yeah. Yeah, I think that also means you're a little off. That there's actually, so you would actually say yeah. somebody that believed in God or the devil. The fit, they walk, guys are walking around on it, yeah. They could not hold a job of responsibility. I think holding that belief, yeah. It, it, I, I, I don't think they exist. I don't think they exist. Right, but so anyone who prays is crazy, in your opinion. Yeah, if they, if they think it's being answered, if you know they're they think that all right, as I talk, mm-hmm. there's a guy listening that's going to maybe influence things in my way, in my favor. That would make you think that person's insane. Yeah, and should not hold a yeah a, a position of a responsibility because they are, are crazy. Yeah. So, in your opinion, because I think we're like eighty three percent at least. Maybe more. Look up some percentile on me, but your way of thinking: a majority of the people are insane. Yeah, for thinking that they're that you know they're talking to a extra something that exists, be it God or the devil, and they think that they're listening to their fucking their prayers. So that, that, yeah. that they have a stake in what that person's life is like. What's going to happen in that person's life? So you think Luke using the Force goes to show that's where the Story got crazy. Uh huh. You can't even watch Star Wars for that moment. That, You're like, I, oh god. It's always bothered me. I mean, he has a lightsaber and he has arms. Come on. This says ninety-two percent of Americans believe there is a god. So, to you, only eight percent of Americans. There are eight percent of people that are sane. They're thinking clearly. Do you think there's no purpose to life whatsoever? I don't think I I, don't, I wouldn't say that. No, I don't think there's no purpose to life. But what is the purpose then? <sighs> to 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 thrive, to fuck it, to to keep it going, to keep to keep life on Earth. I think there's a big there's there's a big picture. Survival, survival, survival of the species. Yeah, thriving, thriving, and making sure that our species stays on the top. Yeah, that's your idea. Uh, Mark, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Hicks. Scalia is not for believing in the devil, but you believe that you can change the outcome of a game. Well, that's scientific. Like for a certain team. That is scientific. You're right. I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, you, uh, you, do, you, you do believe in jinxes. Yeah. I do believe in jinxes. But you don't believe in a positive thing could happen. No. I think a positive can happen through your own will. 
through the things that you do yourself. I don't think there's any sort of good or bad being out there, you know, fucking affecting people and pushing things in the wrong or right direction. Fez, you used to believe in God, but you stopped when you found out you were gay because you didn't want to burn in hell. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah, I just don't, I believe very strongly, and I believed in the physical, you know, that the God was a physical person, Satan was a physical person. Did you think Satan was a physical person living on Earth? No, no, I thought he, my f- belief was always that he was a physical person, but running the show from hell. And where was hell? Hell was a real physical place, right? Hell was a physical place with the fire and brimstone. And where was that? Um, Earth's core? No, I don't think it was anywhere on Earth, <laughs> but I think it was like another realm, like heaven. Mm. So you thought... And from reading the Bible, I always thought like the people in hell could... The physical location of hell was so that people in hell could actually see heaven and see paradise and see the, you know, the people living in eternal bliss. Mm-hmm. Like, that was actually even, you know, part, part of, of the hell. punishment. Yeah, part of the hell was saying that there's something even better. Mm. Here's uh, Robert. Robert, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, how you doing? Uh, I kind of want to touch base on what you just said about having a purpose to life. That I just don't think that's a, that's a human element that we created over time, that we perceived over time, that everything has to have a purpose. And I don't think that humans have really, I don't know where I'm trying to go with this, but everything, we always have to have a purpose. We always have to be doing something towards something where I don't think life really needs to be like that. So that's all I got. Thank you. No, I want you to hang on for a second. So what you're okay. trying to say is the, the it's just a human purpose, what you yourself decide to do with your life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, it's obviously influenced by how you were raised and uh, all the different social factors around you. But I don't think that you know whether you're Muslim or whether you're Christian, it doesn't really matter. Like as long as you believe in something, you're okay with it inside. Who gives a fuck what everybody else thinks? You know, like <laughs> yeah, except for when you're getting involved in everybody else's thing. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. Both, both those. As soon as you are the majority, right? You tell other people how to live. Um, And that's why a lot of people are mad at atheists right now, because atheists are giving a lot of advice on how Christians and Muslims and Jews should live. Yeah. Yeah, they're the authority. They're a little bit ball busty and a little bit obnoxious. Flying spaghetti monster is their uh, deity. It would be great if they each thought of that one at a t- you know, on their own. Yeah. But the fact that they just keep ripping it off from each other. Um, here's uh, Todd. Todd, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, what's up, Ryan? Hey. Uh, I, I agree with X 100%. I don't trust nobody. I would never trust anybody who, A, doesn't drink or casually use drugs or somebody who believes in all that nonsense. So for you, a good president that you could vote for is a guy who ate pills but was an atheist. Yes, 100%. Oh, okay, yeah. That would be your, yeah. you know, that you would see a president who would be like, 
Went to Camp David and we got really fucking wasted. Why is that funny to you, Fez? I'm just thinking of, you know, if someone was campaign if if someone brought that up in a debate. But let's suppose it doesn't happen that way. What would you be able to say the, the president be able to come in and go, oh, look, I had a really crazy weekend at Camp David. I got together with a lot of college friends <laughs> and some dude brought a bunch of ecstasy and we ended up rolling. Would that bother you? Um, yeah, that would bother me because I feel like the presidency is a 24 hour a day job. And what if some crisis broke out so during pre- that party? A president can never be drunk. No, I, I don't think a president should be drunk. I, cause you don't know what's going to happen second to second in this world. What about Churchill? He was fucking hammered through World War II. Constantly, every night, drank fucking himself till he passed out. Drunk. And he probably is somewhat responsible, if not totally responsible, for the fact that the free world won that. <laughs> Churchill was about as great as a leader that you could get. World's and he seen. drank himself into a fucking coma every <laughs> single night. The person who didn't drink, Adolf Hitler. He was more like you, didn't believe in God and didn't drink. Um, here's, um, let's go over here to Justin in Jersey. Justin. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Um, you know, I, uh, studied anthropology in college, and one of my big focuses was, uh, religion and ritual. And, Mm -hmm. uh, myself, I don't believe in God, uh, you know, but I don't fault people who do. You know, I think that religion, or, or just belief in a higher power, is actually, uh, a very positive tool, you know, in somebody's life. I've seen people that have been, you know, depressed and on the verge of committing suicide, and they bounce right back because they found something to believe in. And, and I think that the power of your own mind, you know, allowing yourself to believe in, in a higher power, giving yourself a purpose, can actually really help you to accomplish your goals and, you know, achieve whatever you want. And, you know, the power of just pure suggestion in your mind can, can accomplish a lot of things. I mean, Look at the placebo effect. You know, absolutely. You, you get you know, sugar but here's yeah. also what's interesting: Hicks does this, and Fez does this. They go out of their way to find the negative aspects of spirituality or religion, but never take the time to say, "Here's one positive thing." I've never heard either one of these guys say, "Here is a positive thing." about religion or isn't it great that all those people can come together or look what those charities have done yeah you never you you have no uh upside for you yeah i usually don't shine a light on the good on you know do you think there are good things though i guess like the saint jude's hospital is good helping kids and that's fucking you guess (laughs) you would seriously i'm being fucking 100 percent serious you have to sit there and guess that St. Jude's Hospital, who will take children from anywhere in the world yeah. and and heal them free of charge. Gratis. You're only guessing that that's a positive thing. Yeah. So I'm being serious. No, St. Yeah, Saint, Saint Jude is a good thing. Yes, they, it helps children. And it helps children's good. Yes. Yes. Thank you. That's Sorry. one thing <laughs> I finally saw you... Uh, come around. Um, here's uh, Alan in New Orleans. You're on the Run of show. Hey, Pepper, if there's no such thing as God, how do you explain Fezzi coming back from the dead today and being fucking on fire like he is? He is. Fez is in his fucking zone. 
Uh, the old Fez is back. Exactly. I'm feeling it. Yeah, it's the back. The old Fez is back. Come to just fucking eat our brain. This is a zombie Fez. See, this isn't like God. This is a zombie. This oh, is geez. science. <laughs> zombie Fez. There's no science to zombies. Uh, Mike, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys. Um, first, I want to talk to Fezzy. Fezzy, number one, you're actually pretty correct about you know, a lot of churches believe about heaven and hell, that that's what hell's going to be, is you seeing the rest of them having a good old time and you're not. Right. Fezzy, you're not damned to hell because you're gay. There's nothing in the church teachings, I'm a Catholic minister, but nothing in the church teaching says anybody that's gay is going to go to hell. So there's no reason for you to not believe in God. Particularly since he hasn't acted on it. That's exactly it. Very good, Ronnie. That's I'm actually a church's dream point. gay. What's that? You're a mother's dream gay. Yeah. Where you just worry about her and what she wants and don't suck any cock. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? You dawdle on her, you know? He's the perfect son. He's the yeah. perfect gay son. Right. So, Fez, you're and still in the clear. Hey, hey, you know, I, and Ronnie, this is you can ask, answer this question. You yeah. can, can you imagine Hicks is all fucked up one night. He's all messed up and somebody rolls him and he's laying there half dead. Do you think he's really not going to turn to a power and go, you know, I need some help to get out of this, you know? I I, I'm sure not. he already has. No. I'm sure you've prayed before. When I was younger, yeah. It's been a long time since I've actually, like, prayed. It's been a long time. And that's the fucking truth. I've, I, I tell you if I did. I'm not fucking bullshitting. It's been a long time. You don't find yourself praying on any bets, like, please, if you let me do this. Uh, I, I don't make, I fucking, I, it's been like 10 or 12 years since I've done it. I know I, I stopped doing it because I realized this ain't fucking working. I fuck, I'm doing this to myself. Um, I will still catch myself praying on uh, waiting for a flight to take off. What do you mean catch yourself? Like it's a bad thing. <laughs> because, uh, you know, it's, I, I used, to, when I flew and when I believed in God, I had a half hour, 45 minute prayer ritual mm -hmm. that I went through. And now it's kind of programmed into my brain where once I board the, the, the aircraft, I still, I feel, uh, I hear those thoughts still going through my head of the things I used to pray about with the flight. Do you miss it? Um, no. Do you, do you miss having that connection to something that you believed in? No, I don't. I used to drive myself. Up a wall with uh, with the the plane prayer, and now you're so settled and leveled. You know what I mean? It's amazing how calm he's become since he's stopped praying. See, see, this is what it does. Yeah, this is this is the help that it brings. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing the way you are now. The stability, um, Merck in Canada. You're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, Ronnie, I'm just wondering what you think, uh, if you've heard about the research that came out in Canada, and kind of mix up some stuff that Christopher Hitchens had written about back in uh, 05 or 06, basically that Mother Teresa was more interested in uh, watching people live through suffering, because that was sort of like what Jesus did, than actually providing them with medical help, where she had more or less squirreled away millions of dollars that she could have spent on medical help. But Well, I don't think that it was her money to spend. She raised money for Catholic charities, and then they did with it what they wanted to do. And one of the things that came up about Mother Teresa when you would see her on TV and there would be the kids with the flies on them or whatever, you would be like, 
oh my God, I'm sending money to this. But it didn't mean that's where the money went directly. Okay. So if you gave $5, it didn't mean any of that $5 was going to them. It went to the bigger, you know, Catholic charity, lump sum, yeah, that, you know. Um, so I, and, and I haven't read that book about Mother Teresa, but I remember even uh, years ago, I th my dad uh, saying to a priest, and I, and I don't think it went over too well, hey, we'd be a lot, it'd be, we'd be a lot smarter if we would, you know, put industry into that place rather than just keep, you know, throwing money their way, yeah. you know, and he, the priest was like, what are you talking about? These people are suffering. And my father, you know, is like really like a practical old school conservative guy. He goes, you know, if we get some jobs in there, they won't get to that point and they'll be able to do work. And, it, it, you know, doesn't keep him from being a, a big Catholic and all. But he thought that the idea was, let's find out where these places are and, you know, put a couple factories in there. Get, get some people going to work. Yeah, get some people going to work. You know, we would be suffering around here if nobody worked. You know, you'd have the same situation. Um, let's go to um, Bernard. Bernard, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, what up, guys? Yeah. Yeah, all this religious stuff, man, it's just, I mean, it's all a, it's just all a hoax, man. Like my cousin, for example, he's religious and all, God this, God that, then all of a sudden he becomes a crackhead. Oh, it's the devil that made him do it. It's the devil. Then... When he when the devil that made him do it, give him enough time, God, he's back with God. He's been saved again. I mean, you think about it. The Bible is a book that's been revised over a thousand times. That means it's been rewritten and rewritten. You know, I mean, it's just stories that people are writing that they wasn't even there. They just hearing stories from what they would do. So it's just you know, it's just crazy, man. All right, but what if the fact that it's just the metaphor that he's using? You know what I mean? And I get it drives you crazy because he's not taking responsibility. If this was somebody in my uh, in my family, but I I just use this um, with Elizabeth about our higher and lower angels. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You have the ability to do the right things. That's a metaphor for you know playing to your higher angels. You have the ability to be a scumbag that's playing to your lower angels. Yeah. I don't, I'm not talking about actual angels when I make that thing, you yeah. know? I'm talking about the power within ourselves, which probably, for lack of a better term, uh, you know, we think of a spiritual power when maybe it's, you know, maybe it would be better to call it a, a philosophy. You know, what, what philosophies we tend to chase at the at different times yeah, a way to uh, you know way, uh, rules or a way to live your life but but b why does other people's metaphors just drive us so nuts you know we don't because we don't like to i think because people just don't people want to fucking impose their shit on other people forget that forget that part what about just you yourself is it so dangerous for you yourself to think those things. You know, the the power of mythology is incredibly big and has happened in every corner of the world. And these stories, these religious stories, are not that different from each other. You know, they tend to be treat people nice, do the right thing, uh, don't treat people bad, don't shirk, 
and it's almost seems like uh that that almost every civilization that I've ever heard of needs these little stories. And uh and those are good those like the basic rules of yeah, you know, be good and don't fuck people over. Those are great things. But I think people beca- get in charge of these religions or whatever and create a and then skew skew it. But you're not mad at the people in charge of the religions. You said earlier you wouldn't trust anyone who believed these things. Yeah. So that's a big difference. Your two your two points are completely different from each other. We're not talking about some mean guy abusing people because he runs a religion. We were talking about a guy who has his own faith, and you see that faith as insanity. Well, yeah. When when, well, when you say there's a physical person with evil powers, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna call that guy crazy. Now, there aren't any. There aren't people. There are bad people in the world, but there isn't one guy just fucking zapping people, telling them to do bad things. Um, no one ever said that the that the devil zapped people and had them do bad things. If you followed any of the religious doctrine at all, the devil does not have that power over anyone. the the uh, the The power of the devil is more of seduction, marketing you to come to the bad side. You are still responsible for the choices you made. There was no point where uh, you know God would say to Job. You know, this isn't your responsibility because of all the things that the devil made happen. God still left each person with the responsibility. The devil doesn't just sit to go around and do bad shit. He's got to get people to do bad shit for him, which is not so different from what we were talking about. Higher and lower angels. Some people think even though this is a hardship of me on me, I'm still going to do the right thing. And when we're at our worst, people like that work on Wall Street tend to think, fuck the other guy, I'm going to get mine. Yeah. And that does lead to a lot of the fucking problems we have today. A lot of the problems we have today is the choices that people have made because they make the choices of greed. And that greed that certain people have fucks everyone up and the Bible is taught against that choice from day one. Day one. Um, here's uh, Adam. You're on the Run Fed show. Hey, boys. Million bucks. Yeah. Uh, two points. Uh, I think that Churchill reference you guys made, um, I believe he was probably in that perfect buzz zone, like where you normally can't bowl worth the shit, and, and you get right in that BAC level where, you know, you're just killing it. <laughs> You know, you know what I'm talking about here. They said he just drank himself <laughs> shit face. Not in. If they said this is a guy who could perfectly monitor their buzz, I'd be very impressed. <laughs> and by the way, but, uh, I've never really met too many people who can. No, no, yeah, you know, right. it's one, it's one direction or the other. You know, yeah. I, it's, and usually I mean, it's gone I, down. We all know that there is a sweet spot in there. You know what I mean? <laughs> we know where the perfect sweet spot is, but the fact that you cannot maintain it. Even with the perfect amount of drinks. Yeah, that's that. I, I doubt fucking Churchill was able to do that. I'm sure the, the guy just liked the fucking drinking. No, he it. had to unplug the phone. He was one of those fucking drunks, man. Yeah. And he ran a campaign against the guy trying to run the world. Just trying to take it over. And he fucking did very well for himself. 
thanks to us. I mean, you never fucking bring up, you know <laughs> what I mean? You never bring up us. We held the line for a little while, you know, before, before we got over. Uh, Kevin, you're on the Manifest Show. Good morning, Ronnie. I had to laugh a few minutes ago when you compared Fizzy to Hitler because he doesn't believe in God and he doesn't drink. Uh, rumor has it Hitler also never had sex, so you might want to keep Fez away from Poland and France. See ya. He's too many similarities now. That's weird. Paul L., how you doing, buddy? Paul L., your life's a movie. How are you today? Your life's a movie, Paul. Thank you. I mean, we are right in the middle of Oscar season, so I'm very excited. But Well, we're also in the middle, like... middle of baseball season, but you don't bring that up. Well, because uh, what can you say? A guy hits a ball, that's all. You know, a guy catches it, so what? There's more to say. <laughs> it really annoys me. <laughs> um, Paulo, you were telling me the other day that Blowhard is trying to turn Fez against you. Um, I think, look, you know, first of all, I don't even know Blowhard that well. I mean, and it, it's, you know, I, I don't know who's manipulating who because it, maybe it's just Fez saying to me, oh, well, Blowhard says that, you know, that you're creating anxiety. I didn't talk to him for weeks. I don't think that's, the, I, I mean, okay. to me. Maybe me, should there I, be a time that you and Blowhard get together? No, that's fine with me too. But I, I think that the, those waters have been uh, have been poisoned. But the fact is, is that uh, I, I am really actively interested in helping Fez. I want him to do better on the show. That's my mandate. I mean, I'll talk to him all night long about personal problems. But anytime I try and bring it towards the show, I literally told him. I said I need to talk at least twenty percent of the time about things to do for the show, he he doesn't want to hear it. He's dodging. Yeah, he doesn't want to hear about That's it. That's not and true. It, you always say it's not true. Why it's not he, true. He what? makes up fucking stories when he calls here. It's ridiculous. Well, Why okay. don't you specifically, say, when you talk to him, just talk about the show, nothing else. Because what? he talks about dying. He talks about he's going to be dead soon. Well, these are important fucking topics, Fez. <laughs> and stuff that you could bring to the air. This is stuff that you could bring to the air and would be interesting. Yeah, and and you know, and Fez is right. I mean, it's not. I'm trying. I'm trying to make the point quickly. It's not like he totally dodges it. But once I start going in, you that call area, them an ostrich, a turtle, and a possum to me. Well, I mean, again, he doesn't want me to talk about him on the air at all. No, I but I think that those that. are pretty good. Uh, pretty good adjectives, are they? Or are they the nouns? What are they? I think it's He's describing. It's an adjective. I should I fucking think. watch more Schoolhouse Rock. <laughs> There are lots of words that can be applied to that, but the simple fact is, is that he's uncomfortable with he. He's always busy working on things, and I just want to help him do some things. And I would like him to just humor me and bring some of my suggestions to the air to actually say, "Fez, this is what I'd like you to do on the air today," and and then him have him actually do it just to, just to humor me. All right. What does everyone think about Obamacare? No, that's not the way. What I would come on, Fez. That's what he wanted me to talk about. Obamacare. I'm doing exactly what he said. Yeah, he did. Listen to it. Your fucking prep would not be you asking us. It would be you coming in with a fucking angle on it. I'm in favor of Obamacare. That's not comedy, and it's not fucking presentation. (laughs) Your fucking point. point, no matter what it would be, would be to come in. And fucking change us or or take us to some place we hadn't thought about. Making statements, short statements and leaving it is exactly a big part of your problem. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, the fact is, is it's, there's a lot of volatile issues going on in the world all the time, and there's no question that Obamacare is on everybody's lips right now, and the, the government shut down, so it's a big issue, but it's not the only but issue. Here's the I thing, mean, Fez. You act by the fact that he wants you to do some preparation as a negative. No, I don't mind that at all, I, and I completely agree with it. What I take exception to is when he says, here's the conversation we had to you, and it wasn't anything about the conversation we had. No, I mean, says, I, I'm, I only have a limited exposure on the show. I try not to belabor our whole conversation, absolutely. I try to just get to the point. You do get uncomfortable when I start to make suggestions. And about he's the only person do. who brings you out of your hole, too, here on the air. You're now ready to yell at Polo. Yeah, and you can yell at me as much as you want, and we can argue, and I'll be thrilled about that. Because, I mean, you know, personally, I find the whole Obamacare thing and the whole government shutdown are just a, a fucking mess and a disgrace to you this think? country. You think it is? It's a disgrace to this country. We are the laughing stock of the world because this goes on. The, Who the fact cares if the rest of the world is laughing at us? I mean, if we're sitting around all the time trying to tell kids not to worry what other people think, I get so fucking annoyed when people say the rest of the world is laughing at us. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> we're the fucking cool tea table. Us in England. That's, where the, that's the table you want to sit at. Tough. France, sure. We want French chicks over here. Italy? Yeah. I don't give a fuck if North Korea is, thinks that we're fucking stupid. Bolivia thinks we're all a bunch of fucking idiots. And sure the, the fact <laughs> is, we should, we should be Good. doing Good. better than we fucker. are. <laughs> um, here's your nemesis, Blowhard. Hey, Paul, I never have any issue with you. My only issue is I have to question when you try to help Fez... When you mm -hmm. start your calls all the time telling you, telling everybody that you're going to die, you want to kill yourself. It's true. Mm -hmm. And it seems that you know anybody what doing, who comes Paul. on the show, you know what you're doing, they want to die, and their life is shit. And then you're going to try to help Fez. It just doesn't seem rational that you could help Fez if you can't help yourself. But that's unfortunately the, the story of my life is I've been helping people my entire life. And I, 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 being, and I, I don't think you've helped anyone. Your wife killed herself. I understand. I agree 100%. And I'm in the same situation. Hold on. I want to Fez. talk to someone. Their name is Monsanto. Monsanto, what can I do for you? Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Hey, Fezzy. Hey, Pepperoski. Why are you Monsanto now? What's up, Monsanto? Hey, because I wanted to um, let people know yeah. that Saturday there is going to be a big pro pro protest in Bryant Park, and we're marching to Times Square. It's not a very long <laughs> march. <laughs> and and uh, we're tired of Monsanto poisoning our food. And Why do you want to be called Monsanto? Because, uh, uh, well, I'm... Well, I'm still crazed. You We're know, still but I mean, crazed. Oh, is that who this is? This is a C-Rizzle. <laughs> yeah, but, but, the fact, but the fact of the matter is, I just wanted to get the message out. It's working. I wanted to get the message out and okay, okay, let people know. And I, want you, and I want you guys to come out. Monsanto. Monsanto. <laughs> That's a bad name. You got to have a different. Yeah. At least. I mean, like, this is like if you were doing an AIDS walk and wanted everybody to call you AIDS. 
<laughs> AIDS is run the AIDS walk. Perfect. Like that, a chase that after him. It doesn't make a great deal of sense, Monsanto. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. Yeah. But but I uh, I just wanted to basically let people know that we're tired of uh, 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 we're tired of Monsanto poisoning our food. I and, get you. And, and, and I we want changes to be made. So there, we're protesting. Now, you guys, Occupy Monsanto is the name of this, right? Yep. Now, March they against were Monsanto, throwing, yep. They were throwing real money around. Really? Shit. Yeah, they were throwing cash somewhere the other day. Wow. So what time are you going to be there on Saturday, Monsanto? I'm going to be there around 12, probably, or earlier. And uh, and then we we march to Times Square. Yep, absolutely. Is there a chance to stop at the Hard Rock and get a burger? Um, maybe, possibly. Uh, if it's a veggie burger. <laughs> That's all you eat, huh, Monsanto? Yeah. Yep. Well, good luck with this protest. It's going to be a lot of fun. I want you to. I want you to come, Ronnie. I'll be there. All yes. right. Take I'll care, man. Log uh, it in. I want to. I want to uh, walk next to you and save me something. Like that says, like blow your corn if you believe in free, whatever it is. I just want to have a great sign. I love a fucking good Monsanto protest. Oh yeah, I'm a big fan. Apparently, Mr. Monsanto's running it. Well, here's the problem I have right now with Paulo and Blowhard. Both of you guys have gone working to fez with this, and there's just been zero improvement. Well, I mean, first of all. I am trying to attack the problem that I think needs to be attacked because, I mean, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a health professional. He's got a bunch of those. And, I mean, I may have opinions, but that's their, that's their mandate is to help him with his, his mental health and his physical health. And as I can be sympathetic of that. But the, the one thing I want to do is the one thing I'm focusing on. And basically what Blowhard said is, no, you're giving him anxiety by even addressing right. the issue. Blowhard did say that. And that's, I've been doing this for a long time with Fez, and I'm perfectly willing to listen to him, but if he's going to not deal with the problem, I, I can't help him. I mean, there's no way to help him if he's going to fight me on it. He just doesn't like you. But yes, because obviously I, I am pushing him on some issues that I, I don't want him to hide from. And it, it makes him angry. He has a lot of anger issues, that's, that's without question. Um, to help Fez all this time, Fez has to do help Fez. There's nobody, no magic person's going to come and say, "I'm the White Knight. I'm going to save your life." Fez has to bottom out. He has to save his own life and want to change without people telling him how to live his life and without people trying to extort money from him. But you did try to get the hundred grand from him, Trout. Well, you need that cash. But hey, should, me Fez, in my opinion, Fez should have gave it to him. First Jesus Christ. I mean, all, he's your friend. You're asking him for, like, he's, he's not your ATM. Now you're going to get me Yes. Well, first of all, okay, let's go. Let's go right to that. I mean, what do you want his money for? 
He's going to make a movie that was going to make everybody a lot of money. Now I'm not getting a word in edgewise because why is Mr. Blowhard? Listen, yeah. first of all... This was supposed to be your time, Paulo, and Blowhard, and, first, and then Monsanto called. Yeah, first of all... And Fez is not saying a word. First of all, I didn't even... I spent time talking to Fez about his problems and everything else, and that's fine. Occasionally, I might have thrown out, you know, anybody, you know, this would be a, it would be great if you could help me with my problems, but I'd help sure. you with your problems. But it never happens. It's not going to happen. I already know that. Uh, people don't give a shit about me. I'm no. already uh, got a, a, a. That's the, by that the way, baby. that's the only thing Fez took in was to get me a hundred thousand. Jesus, get off the cross. We need the wood, for God's sakes. You yeah, call exactly. up Fez. Right, let's not attack Jesus. Come on, man. Look, look, look. Hey, Blowhard, I'm doing what I can to help him seriously, and, and you know what? I already know you're fucking not my friend, okay? So fuck you, okay? Yeah. I have no, you're already stabbing me in the back, and that's you. How am I stabbing you in the back? What no, I say to Fez is between us. That's what you uh. wanted to do. That's exactly what your modus operandi is. And I have no motive. I just want to see Fez do well, and I, and I want to be his friend. That's it. I don't have any reason... I don't want his money. I'm not going to tell him. I'm not going to bully him into telling him how to to hey, talk about politics. All the time. That's all you do. You bully him constantly. Oh, let's I talk about the Paris peace him. talks. Let's talk about you Obamacare. Whatever. You don't even know yeah. our conversations. Okay. You, you just said yeah, it. I tell him about him. Obamacare. And you oh, talk that's about wrong. Syria. That's not being a friend. That's what that's Paul does. Ask Fez. Oh, hey, that Fez, doesn't make it better. Pa- let him talk. Fez. Let him open up to you as opposed to you just like just trying to bull rush him and tell Blow him hard. how to live his life Blow when hard. you can't Blow live hard. your own life. Blow hard. Blow hard. Give me 150 grand. Blow Jesus hard. Christ. Blow hard. Right. You Blow make? hard. Blow hard. If I wait for Fez to bottom out. That's up to him. He's a grown man. He's not 11 years old. I'm trying to help him. He was. Help him by being a friend. Uh, Hold on. Here, Paul might be able to help us. Paul in New Jersey. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah. uh, Hey, Fez. Yes. Your your instincts are impeccable by not listening to either of these two losers tell you how to live your life. They just got done having a whose dick is bigger contest fighting about who should... Giving you advice, your instincts are intact. Get, don't listen to these two guys. All right. Well, so first of all, I don't want to get into an argument with Blowhard. I don't even have any idea who he is or anything else. Scary. I'm trying to figure. Yeah. All I know is I'm trying. Out. And first of all, I wasn't even thinking I was getting into a conversation about this today. I thought I was going to be talking about movies. I know. I wanted to talk movies with you, and we've taken it back to the same spot. The movies I that you don't uh, make an announcement. Again, about the next unmasked. The next unmasked. Paulo, you're stepping on the unmasked announcement. I'm sorry, Ron. And we're very uh, excited about this one, Paul. The next unmasked will be October 28th, uh, 3 o'clock here at Sirius XM. And we will be talking to the one and only Tim Conway. Woo-hoo. Tim Conway. Great. That should be a lot of fun. No doubt about it, a legend. Um, I also know that we are doing the iBang Second Anniversary Awards today. Yeah. And I will tell you this, Paul O is a winner. Oh, exciting! 
at the technical awards that we get that we did last Wednesday uh, before we announced the real awards later today. Paulo uh, won the uh, worst Kickstarter fail of the year. So, oh my God, it's so exciting! You know, I would like to make the big show. I think he raised a buck three eighty. And uh, but, well, I mean, he went out for two movies. One, I'm here to I help celebrities. <laughs> Great movie. And what too. was your other one about? Fear it's of about everything. Heaven and hell and life and death. Fear of everything, yeah. Fear of everything. I don't want to say it's about paranormal activity, but it is. I'm moving my phone everywhere as I talk. <laughs> is that what we're Nonetheless. talking about here? Nonetheless, I get my balls busted all the time, and right now I I uh, I, I do would like to talk about Oscars. I saw four movies last night. I but mean, Blowhard says you're trying to take money from Fez. He's called Nigerian. Excuse me. I would you really happy. see these movies? Where are you living? Are you living in Hollywood? Are you in New York? Are you in a major city? Or how can you see these like little these big movies and these little pole dunks? Because agencies set up screenings, sir. Uh, listen, is this going to be a conversation between me and Blowhard? Because we can it do that be. another time. It should be. We can do that another time. It should. Who's saying? Well, this it? is your time, Paulo. Well, you, well, you brought yeah. me up, so I have to just defend myself. And I'm the bottom line is, Fez is not an ATM. That's that's what okay. you have to just tell yourself. And right. if, Ask the mouth. Said, is there a price for your, 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 your priceless advice? This tact of yours, sir, is just something that you want to do to put a wedge in there, to give him ammunition to avoid the problem. Now, fine. What does that even is mean? Is he giving me any money? Avoid what is he problem? giving me any money, sir? No. Well, you're asking for it, and Fez doesn't want to help you with money, but he's such a nice guy. It, right. It's hard for Some, him to... This got written to me by Rob, right? It said... Fez knew that Elizabeth Olsen was coming in today. He was a theater major. How come that didn't? How come he didn't bring up anything about theater during that entire conversation, or before or after? And that is an interesting thing. He's a theater major. He loves it. He loves reading those lines. And then he lives in the Asia Minor. Maybe Fez should go back to um, acting class. He lives in the village. He can walk over to one of those studios. He had an acting coach for a year and never brought one of the things to the show. See, Ron, it's very simple. Blowhard just wants to drive a wedge between me and Fez. Why? What's my motive, Paul? Explain this to me. Because you're a megalomaniac, insane person. Is just yeah, I am. Let me ask you two guys this, too. Fez was supposed to do a thing where the interns would come in and hand him notes so he wouldn't forget his plugs. Yeah. He's never done it once after agreeing to it. Saying, yes, I will do this. I'm not going to miss the plugs anymore. We haven't done Lonely Boy plug. We haven't done the plug for the uh, show that's being done for Narczito. All the plugs get forgotten about. We haven't plugged uh, Million Days of Christmas which is going on right now. But how come, and this is a responsibility that he was going to have the interns do for him. They were going to be his mind. I got to run the interns better. It's on me. I can't understand how that would happen. That would be his thing. Now it's your thing. Um, Blowhard, you and Paul are going to have to work together as a team. No, because basically he's happy now because he, he has successfully 
put a wedge between me and Fez. I, I don't mean, put a wedge. I, I just there is a wedge between those two guys. Any way we can hang up on him, please, or hang up on me, because either way, this is not going anywhere. I'm going to hang up on both of you then. I got to take a break. But if you guys can't work together as a team, I don't know what to do. Uh, Paulo, you gave us a lot of great movies, and I want to see them all. Yeah, I think Paulo has to see these movies. Stop reading the reviews before you come on the air. I saw 12 Years a Slave yesterday. I saw Parkland. I saw Machete Kills. I saw um, Romeo 12 Years a Slave is supposed to be so good, they've already re-signed for 13 Years a Slave. Jesus. They're already got the entire cast back together for that. All I mean, right, guys, I'm going to take a break. It's 1 o'clock now, all right? Hey, guys, have a great weekend. And, Paul, oh, you take care of yourself because, you know, you're just a great guy, and I think that you really have Fez's best interest at heart. And maybe he could also um, buy you some jewelry, maybe do some dent- pay for some dental work. All right, you. that's you nice. your house Help you out even more. All right, I'm going to go. Paul? Dick. Yes. I'll talk to you later, buddy. Right. Next time, let's get to the fucking movies, dude. I want to hear about... Oh, um, he's upset, and he's going... I don't think he saw those movies anyway. And they, I know the trailer for 12 Years of Slaves is all over the place. Yeah. Fez, I don't know what you're doing with those two guys, but I know that... Send me a Vitsim before I go to break here. All right, Young Vito, please... God, I know Vito had a late night last night. Every night's a late night for Vito. That kid's a fucking workhorse. No, yeah, he was working, not like getting fucked yeah. up. Vito, thanks for bringing Some your great t-shirt in here. You look like shit. Thank you. You beat? Yeah. What time did you work till? Five. You're a monster kid. Thank oh, you. What time did you sleep? I got to sleep at like six. Do you drink at work? Do you do shots behind the bar? No. Yes, you do. Yeah, I do. Okay, Vito. You have to separate fun and work. Two jobs you're allowed to drink uh, drink at work. Bartender and cop. Oh, school teacher. No one's going to know. Like elementary school teacher. No one knows when they're drunk. Preschool? Yeah. Um, My teacher used to say, this is my help me juice, and just take a big swig off. I had a a computer teacher in high school who um, would lock the door. Mm-hmm. And then um, drink with the students and then throw dance parties. What? That's fucking great. He's a tiny little Indian man. <laughs> now it's time for dance party. I'm going to assume yeah. as a racist, that's the way you talk. That about. is. When you got your plug times today, right? You get your plug times, the, the time to come in. And yeah. What times were they today? To come in for work? No, to come in and tell Fez it's time for the plug. You never got that list, right? No. Okay. He didn't get plug times today. He wasn't here until after the show started. So where's the plug time list? I don't have one. So what were we going to ha- hand him once he showed up? We didn't have anything to hand him. We had said that he would just come in and remind me. That doesn't make sense, though, does it? Now we're at the same fucking thing we uh, were before. We don't have a plug time list. That was the thing that we all agreed to, and we went, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And this was two weeks ago, and not once has there been a plug done. No Narczito mentioned today. Luckily, we had Foggy Otis yesterday. He's fucking playing the ukulele and bringing it up constantly. I love you. Every song he has starts with the word I. 
He's live originals. He's ought to fucking put out an album because I'm a, a maniac who's fixating on this one woman. <laughs> He's a lot of fun, though, huh? He loves that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to bring that up because his wife gets <laughs> pissed off that he and his hobbies, his baked good hobbies, his smokable hobbies, <laughs> come up on the air. So I'm going to put this out. Fagiotis has nothing to do with marijuana. <laughs> nothing whatsoever. Just <laughs> a great musician. A good man. He's a lot of fun to hang out. He's very, he's like good for the vibe. Yeah, you know what I mean? He's a chill dude. I love Foggy Otis. Well, there's a lot of people, and this gets said in, like, when they hire comedy writers, there are people that are called good in the room. They keep things going. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's Everything how flows. Everybody likes being around Foggy Otis. Yeah. He's fun. Yeah. He has a lot of good dope. What? <laughs> Not, when I say dope, <laughs> I mean it in the other, like, he's got a lot of good feelings oh. towards everybody. All right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sure, yeah. of course. That's what I mean by, you know, dope, you know? See, I associate with, like, marijuana. No, I say that's dope if I like something. All right. And I don't, I say it's whack. I will tell people, you're being whack right now. And But Vito is definitely dope. Now, the fact that he's still sleeping is adorable. It's almost like when you... Vito looks right like right now when you wake up the little kid and take him for pizza. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're going to wake you up for pizza. Come on. Vito, I want you to stay in the room. We're about to give out the second anniversary iBang Awards. Uh, and I want you involved in that. Okay. I'm excited for this. Have you ever gotten a list of what time uh, the plugs are for? No. No. Okay. Um. We do have to break right now. We will be back in just seconds with the iBang Awards. Also, how you can win the weekend or million days of Christmas. It's all coming up. It's the Run and Fest Show. Well, I got a woman way over town that's good to me. Oh, yeah. show uh ray charles artist of the day who hicks just called jamie fox to me uh jamie fox is also looking to play martin luther king only the making a slight change yeah this time he doesn't lose he dodges <laughs> this time king has his own gun <laughs> martin luther king unchained Alternate fucking future Martin Luther King, or yeah. that this I'm going to see this movie. I actually believe that uh, if Martin Luther King wasn't killed when he was, yeah. he would have got older and got emphysema. I also have the same theory about JFK. He also would have gotten emphysema. But what would have they have like done though, like being alive? That part doesn't matter. It's how they would have died. That's the part that I focus on. I know what, you know, fucking second term would have been great. Vito's in here, and he cannot say, but a celebrity took a body shot off of him last night. Whoa. Yeah. Where exactly? Belly button? Uh, from the chest up my neck, and then the shot was in my mouth. 
I worry that they're treating you like a whore at that bar of yours. <laughs> Was it Robert Downey Jr.? No. You guessed no. it. How'd you fucking guess it so fast? How are you so good at this? Nasty, yes, dude. Robert Downey Jr. fucking broke his goddamn rehab pledge. <laughs> and it was sucked, though, like when the other bartender put the shot in my mouth, he fucking missed completely and he got a bunch of tequila in my eye. That's terrible. And then some customer tied my shoes together. What that was sitting down. The hell's going on? I might go to that bar and you just watch you act like a nut from the corner. Because <laughs> every time we see pictures, he's dancing on the bar. I wear a this luchador fucking mask. Studio 54 for some reason. I'm fucking living it up, dude. A great or time being abused. Either or. It's a good time. Yeah, but he makes a little bit of that money. Oh, yeah. Put on a show for the ladies, you know? And for the guys, too. No, geez, Whoever I don't want to hear watch. that. I don't want to hear that. Whoever wants to That's watch. That's a fucking terrible thing to say, Vito. What this is fuck? like bully. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you had some stuff you wanted to get into today, Chris. Oh, I definitely do. It's the Interrobang celebrates two years. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the second annual iBang Awards as we celebrate two years of the Interrobang.com. Two years already. Two years. What a massive website this is turning into. Two years since the launch. You're crazy, right? Since lunch? Launch. Starving. Launch. We got any pizza left over from yesterday? I put it in the Shady 45 uh, garbage. Let them eat something. <laughs> Today Treat yourselves, back. guys. <laughs> I, I finally, there's finally a fucking box of Domino's <laughs> in that garbage can. Yeah, a Domino's single. There's other places you could get pizza from in New York City. You're supposed to be focusing on the awards. Okay, these are <laughs> the awards. The, the stuff from the last year of the entire bang. This is the good stuff. <laughs> First award is the Oops, What Happened to My Clothes Award. The winner being Miss Anne Hathaway, if I think we, we all remember. Oh, when, bunny shot. I yeah, forgot that. Yeah, her vagina fell out. Her vagina Damn. fell out. Look and at that And that was thing. right before the Oscars, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then she, this was the coolest thing about her. She just didn't care. She goes, so what? Everyone got to see my pussy lips. That's so it. So what? Yeah, she was. I love her for that. Yeah. See, people just fucking destroy Anne Hathaway. I now, love who, were there any other runner-ups? There were two runner-ups. Well, why don't you, you got to announce who they all are and then give out the award itself. This is terrible. All right. First runner-up, Katy Perry. There was a slight vagina shot. Oh, by the way, I thought Katy was going to be here today. Tonight. She's going to be here tonight. Oh, what time? Uh, 8 p.m. No, it's too late for me. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna take forever. Yeah, in this Katy Perry shot, uh, you see a little bit maybe um, five o'clock shadow there. There's there's some hair. Okay. And then the second runner-up, Mila Kunis's nip slip. I don't remember this at all. Let me see the picture of that. There's a, you can you can see a nipple there. She's kind of squeezing it. What was she doing? She was uh, she was doing a photo shoot, and then but they screwed up and they they let the nipple out. All right, this is the problem for her. I would always pick her in front of the winner, over yeah. the winner, but a nipple cannot compare to a vagina. Yeah, and that's like full, it was a full frontal vagina. That was, it was all there. Like, fucking Ed Hathaway, Jesus Christ. It's like you want us to see it. There were some rumors of that. Uh, why don't we do this as part of the Million Days of Christmas? If you come up with something really big that we missed, put it up on the iBang and you can win. What's today's price? Uh, today's prize is Mr. Show 
signed by Bob Odenkirk and David Cross. Jesus Christ. That's I nice. had no idea. Both of them together? Both of them are on it. That's too big of a prize for this. That's huge. Why weren't we promoting this all day? Oh, I know, because we're not doing the list thing. We got to do the list thing. Start become plug plug course. All right, go over the eye bang. This is a real collector's item. Mr. Show, signed by the two creative geniuses who put it together, come up with something that Chris Stanley has missed on the Interbang Awards. Two years since we've been uh, doing stuff with the Interbang, and it's just gotten massively big, and the numbers on it are just ridiculous, and the site looks better every day. And it's a volunteer-run site, so thank you to the listeners who volunteer for that. Oh, yeah. It's so fucking cool to see this thing get so gigantic so fast. And if you can find some that I missed, you're going to get win a huge prize. That's all. There had to be more naked girls, right? Uh, there, there were some naked girls, but these are the these are the ladies that I. Uh, well, what I'm saying, it had to be something that you missed. Oh yeah, I mean, this, it's a year. It's a, I went through the entire year of content. Yeah, I, I couldn't find there's, every single. There's post. a lot of vaginas out there. Jesus, Vito, for the love of God, be a little bit classy. He's tired. I don't He's care. Boy. <laughs> Still, be a professional. Sorry. Next up is the Batshit Crazy Pussy Award. First runner-up. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I said vagina, and I yeah. got yelled at. You go in there pussy. That's part of the fucking award ceremony, okay? Doctor, heal thyself. Uh, runner-up is the girlfriend who freaked out about over to her boyfriend about being late to the lake. Going to the lake. And oh, just I hated went. her. Yeah, she was, she was terrible. But there is one other person worse than her, and that is the Dunkin' Donuts girl. Oh, I forgot the Dunkin' right? Donuts girl. Going through it, I was like, oh my, I forgot how much I hated this awful, horrible bitch. And, which is why she wins the Back Shit Crazy Pussy Award. Yeah, she deserved it. I mean, just, just if you don't remember, she was just destroying a poor fucking man at Dunkin' Donuts. Twice. Give me your manager's number, the owner, now, because a guarantee is a guarantee. And I have already called my lawyer, and he is already on it. So when it says you don't get a receipt, you get your order free, it fucking means it, right? Or is it a lie? Because this is all being recorded. Oh, I despise her. Whore. I despise her. Uh, James in Houston, you're on the run of the show. Uh, Hicks, you forgot the most recent and the most beautiful Tina Fey nip slip. What's wrong oh with you? Oh, my God, oh, Hicks. See, if you post that, maybe you'll have a chance to win. Yeah, run over the entire uh, bank, post that. I personally think that's the the most impressive of the year, because these other girls they flaunt it. <laughs> Tina plays it down. She's like, I'm not even in it. I'm just funny. Yeah, she doesn't use the sexy though. She is a sexy lady. She's incredibly sexy. You yeah. brought that up, and the site went down in the, like seconds. Yeah, I know. Well, we went and for the nineteenth time, re uh, juiced the site. The site has so much server juice right now that even the massive numbers we get should not crush it. Beautiful. That's what they're telling us. You know, reservoir of fucking server juice. It's awesome. Yeah. Next is uh, the most useful website of the year award. There Ooh. was only one. It goes to nohomophobes.com, the website that counts how many times people say the other F word on Twitter. All right, let's take a look at that because um, I will sometimes get that when something's <laughs> happening on TV and send it to Fez just so he can see. Because, like, Elton John was on TV, and I just put Elton John, comma, fag. <laughs> and then they were just bing, 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 bing. And then I just cut and pasted it and sent it to Fez. I'm like, do you believe this? 
but they will do it even with straight guys. I, it's fun. And that drives you crazy, right, Fez? It drives me nuts. Now, pre-Twitter, did you know people use that word that much towards beloved people? No, I had no idea about that. No, I just... It's, it's always sounded just in the most hateful way to me. And I re- read some of them as they're coming up. We had a great time that day. Real fast, Fez. All right. Uh, at, is a cornholing faggot. Justin Bieber's music is so gay, he's a faggot. That's his blunt. Sup, faggot? <laughs> Boy, you better shut your mouth, faggot. Ha, you're a faggot. And this is all happening in real time. They're just spitting. As we're sitting here. Stop being a faggot. You're making me sick. My mom is such a faggot. <laughs> <laughs> See, look how useful great yeah. side is. Certificate of achievement for being a faggot. <laughs> Dude, when we can't get Fez to talk, this is the kind of stuff, because you're just killing with this. Uh, you fucking idiotic faggot. Stay out of here and go suck a dick. Do me a favor. <laughs> I love you. You're a faggot. Yeah, see, lunch is a faggot. It's it's hard to even focus on one because they're just spinning. We'll just keep going keep with it. it. Uh, LOL, you wish, faggot. <laughs> faggot, send me something. My aunt is a faggot. <laughs> You're the faggot, mate. All right, that's even from overseas, probably. <laughs> I need you to come online, you faggot. Who, would, right. do, who would go online with them for saying that? Uh, some people don't. They just say it to each other. You're an immature faggot. Thank you. <laughs> but the link is up on the Interabang. I forgot. I'm so mad at myself, but this is great. I got reminded because this is countless hours of fucking fun with Fez. Because so this is exactly what you worry about, Fez. All right, there's one that offends me, Fez saying faggot over and over. All numbers. right. <laughs> Pepper Hicks called me a faggot. <laughs> Unbelievable, this site. He's a faggot, he's a faggot. Uh, what? I didn't watch his movie, he's such a faggot. He has to sit down to pee because he's paralyzed. He's still a faggot. All right. That, that is gay when you can't move your limbs. Yeah, what the fuck? How much dick are you sucking, dog? Here's what I love about fucking Vito. When he laughs, his eyeballs just start spinning around. And it's like he's got to laugh like a circus clown. This is so great. You <clears throat> just called me a faggot. All right, this site, you can go over the Interabang and pick up the link. What's it called? It's uh, it's the most useful website of the year award, nohomophobes.com. Uh, by the way, um, uh, Paulo just wrote to me, we almost had Fez talking about an issue there for a moment and then Blowhard undermining it. I've been doing this since 1990 for nothing. Yeah, I'm a real money grubber. I'm trying to help Fez do his job, which he isn't doing, and he's getting well paid. I'm supposed to talk movies about I don't. The ironies abound. We got to make some time for Paulo and his movie talk. He needs to. He needs to get the word out about these films he sees. And don't call him the other f word no. online, or else it will pop up. Yeah, Vito <laughs> just got called faggot. <laughs> Why? Oh, come on. Report them to just Twitter. Robert Downey Jr. his nipple. What's the big Shouldn't deal? there be a terms of service? Hey, I'll text you, faggot. Me? About what? No, I'm reading all oh. the no <laughs> It seemed like you were talking to me. I thought you were talking to me the way you made it sound. I'm glad Twitter hasn't verified this faggot. <laughs> what? Well, who are they talking about? I, I, I didn't see who it was. Probably some gay guy, huh? Yeah, some guy who's like, like really good. Uno fagato. 
Mr. Roboto. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. That's really good stuff, Fez. You were See? in the pocket there for a second. That's <laughs> the most. But seriously, that's the most you had the room rocking in a long Destroying. fucking time. Yeah. Vito's eyes were fucking spinning. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh, he's saying it! Oh! Because it's just, uh, the ones that really got me were the ones where they called female relatives faggots. That just rolled off his tongue. Fesher likes the word faggot. You're a faggot if you wear a mouthpiece while playing rugby. That's true. Yeah, I'll get, back, <laughs> I'll get back to you, faggot. Hey, About what? Talk to you later. <laughs> AP is going to kill that faggot. Oh, that's a terrible story. That's going up on the iBang later. Uh, Adrian Peterson's son, two-year-old son, was beaten to the point of the hospital by the stepdad or step-boyfriend. No! Yeah. Beat this little boy so bad, two years old, that he's in hospital in critical condition. Oh, my God. Yeah. What the fuck does this happen? Jesus Christ. You got other men raising the children. And fucking this guy's apparently a lunatic. It's a terrible story. It's fucking horrible. You didn't even know it, Fez? You didn't know why that's why that was said? No. Oh my God. So, yeah. I thought it was something about a game this weekend. No offense, but you crossed the line with that, Fez. Come on. Um, Ray, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, uh, buddy. That was some funny shit, Fez. I give you all the credit in the world. I laughed so hard, my asshole hurts. That's weird. That's weird. <laughs> no, Tweet no. it. Now who's the guy? All right, next award, okay. even though, uh, you know, later I would like to come back to these. <laughs> okay. Uh, the next award, we mentioned earlier, the Kickstarter failed the year. Paula wants money. His, yeah. his Kickstarters. Uh, next is the Black Women Talking About Penis Award. There is a tie between Dick Will Make You Want to Slap Somebody. <laughs> I forgot her. <laughs> this has been a wonderful year for weirdness. Oh, yeah. Th- this is just fucking amazing. These woman who has a late night TV show or whatever with her friend. Whatever is the exact word to <laughs> <Yeah>. use. <laughs> One woman was telling me, she said she was having sex with this man and she was sitting on top of him riding. And she said she had gotten into a groove, so you know, she might have gripped his head or she might have put her hands on his shoulders or locked them around the back of his neck, so she made sure it was just like a horse. She had that saddle and she had the rope, so she couldn't let go. And as she got into that groove, she's sitting on him, she rocking, and she rolling her rhythm, and she had just forgotten where she was. She got into a deep state of euphoria because cause she said Nick was good. But it's all the problem, though. She said the dick was so good that as she started rocking, she just got into it, and all of a sudden, she said, something just hit her. Bam! All upside his head. Just slapped him. Dick will make you slap somebody. <laughs> so y'all need to remember that. That's why I'm trying to deal with the fact. Wait a minute. Oh. Now, you telling me a story, and then you switch it on me and say the woman in ecstasy and turn around and slap somebody. She slapped him upside the head. And I said, why did you slap? She said, I couldn't help it. She just said, I know your audience. Okay, go on. No, go ahead. No, you... Finish your story. I want to hear why she slapped him. I told you, she said she just got into this groove. She found her rhythm. See, that's what women don't realize. That's one reason why we get caught. Because the penis is a very powerful organ. It's a very... um, Deep spiritual sexual. True. You slap somebody. Heat She's great. And you're telling me she didn't win on her own? No, no. She uh, tied with the hundred year old grandmother talking about penis. Oh my god, I loved her too. Yeah. She um 
that was the news. It was a news story. That was just a straight up news story yeah. of a guy interviewing because she made it to 100 years old. She gets a dick. <laughs> getting that dick. I want to get that dick. All right, they're both great. Yeah, they're amazing. All right, what's your next award? Next is uh, the Great White Wedding, Great White Slide Award to the White Slide Bride, the woman dancing oh, to Crazy Oh, my bitch. God, I put her up. <laughs> this might be the dumbest white woman in America, but this, to me, was real-life Eastbound and Downs. I yeah. adored her. Just, um, just totally I was amazing. crazy about her. You got to get into it a little bit. I'm so loud, it's fucking late. <laughs> you want me to stay? Watch Running the out of maple rain. Hey, you're crazy, bitch, but you're fucked so good. I'm all tired of it when I dream. Doing you all night. Scratches all down my back. Give me right on night. I got so obsessed with this, I would send it to different people in my family and then write, Hey, you didn't tell me that filled the blank. It was normally their kid or a sister-in-law got married. I go, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> Don't watch the grandmother. I'm getting out of here. I do not want any part of this wedding. Comfortable. You don't even get a chance to see people walk out during a wedding. It's awesome. That Fucking moment. classic. Yeah, that moment was amazing. And I seriously, I think she's going to have the happiest life ever. Yeah, well, she came out defending it afterwards, like yeah. on the internet. Like, fuck you. Like, this is my fucking This friend. is how we roll. <laughs> yeah. Then, yeah, some of the people got pissed off, but it ain't their day. This is what I, I dreamed yeah, of my whole life. <laughs> I'll tell you this. I've been to a lot more boring weddings. I've been to a lot of weddings. I'd pray for someone to come out and sing Crazy Bitch. All I want to <laughs> do is party with those people. Why wasn't I invited to that goddamn wedding? I would have fucking loved it. I like the American flag banner they had. Yeah. yeah. On top of the, the sure. whole thing. They got it really hard. You know? Probably drinking Budweiser's. <laughs> I think I was even one of the people that did a fucking body shot off you last night, dude. <laughs> at least the same neighborhood. <laughs> uh, the next award. The worst judgment by, by young white kids. And uh, the sole winner of this category, the white girls in blackface talking in Ebonics. God damn, I for forget so many of these stories. Yeah. Going it's amazing all. that, you know, everyone always brings up viral or whatever, but uh, it was the... It comes and goes so fast. It was this ridiculous churn, right? Like, right. fucking, there's just constantly new content fucking being created. But yeah, these two girls were just awful. Man, I own this shit. I had to work for this shit. <laughs> my fucking birthmark is keep showing man yo homes me too That's, homie this is what happened when we got in the gang they had to initiate us they had to bleach on x <laughs> yeah i got some birthmark going up here up in here joint <laughs> up in this joint girl me too i need some fucking fried chicken i need some fried fucking chicken <laughs> all right let's girl, stop this 
All right, you put black shoe polish on your face, right? Yeah. And then you're still going back to the fried chicken joke like it was 80 years ago? Yeah. That, that's their go, that's a go-to bit for these... But why would it, it make each other laugh and they're like shocked <laughs> by fried chicken joke? You killed it, girl. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man, I didn't think you were going to bring that up. Well, that was good one. <laughs> but those, these two broads should have another fucking lights shown on them. All right. Um. All right. Next, the I never want to see this again award. Um, runners up include the security video that showed two nurses sexually assaulting a ninety-year-old stroke victim. Oh God, I don't even remember it's this just at depressing all. Depressing and weird. I don't want to even talk about it. And then uh, the footage from the Egyptian violence, where there were just tanks, just you know, blowing up, you know, blowing up the town. It looked like, it looked like a first-person shooter, but you know, this is real life. It was going on in Egypt. Um, but the winner. Was Bear Grylls' producer's post snakebite foot? Do you remember oh, this yeah. horrifying? I didn't know that this was in the in the past year, though. Yeah, this was in the past year. Yeah, it was the awful where his fucking the skin of his foot. You can see the bone in his foot from a bite. <laughs> All right, here's some of the stuff that people think that you missed. Right. Uh, Stephen Tampa's already got a great one. And man, what we are giving out today is phenomenal. Oh hell yeah, it's Mr. Show signed by. Bob and David. That's Bob Odenkirk and David Cross. Um, Steve said you lo- you forgot. Can you quack like a duck when you suck? Can you buck like a horse when we fuck? Ma- you mean goat and mom? Can you shit on my chest for good luck? Um, Mike said uh, Ron's link for Jennifer Aniston full frontal that turned out to be crazy gun guy with beard porn. <laughs> Was that like an April Fool's fucking joke? Yeah. Um, that best quiz of the year should have went to what celebrity said this quote, and all the quotes had the <laughs> F word, and Fez had to guess who said it. That was never on the eye bag, but that was a f- fucking great quiz. Was Sweet Brown this year? No. no. She was last year. That's coming up. Um, what about uh, Miley's titty shutting down the website last week? I think it was more of a vagina that shut it down. Um, worst behaving cop has come up. The Biffles pick was that this year. Three o'clock snack, not also this year. It's been the last year. What about Fez coming out? And two years and two million dick jokes. Now, why didn't Quack Like a Duck make the site? Oh, that, that, excuse me, that was a runner-up in the way. He lost out to the, to the bride. All right, let's really debate this. Because this had to be our... <laughs> this, this had to be our closest award. It was very... It was tight. Best band we've ever fucking seen. Awesome stage, too. Can you quack? Can you quack like a duck when you suck? Can you buck like a horse when we fuck? Can you take every inch of your butt? Can you shit on my chest when we luck? Can you quack? Can you quack like a duck when you suck? Can you fart on my balls when we fuck? All right, let's stop this backyard fucking dirt party with this great band. Is this more evidence of the great white 
slide or crazy bitch at her own wedding. See, I, 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 I picked, I thought, Eileen crazy bitch because this, in this backyard, yeah. that's where it looks like it belongs. In this weird, <laughs> dirty fucking backyard that. But first of all, let's just say this. The fact that there is that backyard at all <laughs> makes me sad. <laughs> Even if nothing else happened, just that somebody thought this is what my backyard looks like. Go put on a show, and I'm throwing a party. And they're packing it out. Yeah. People are coming out to go see. Like this isn't the first time this guy's performed. He has fans. Like, like look at, if that was mom. your backyard, would you want a picnic and a party there, or would you be like, no, I can't have people over. My backyard looks like shit. I love it. I'd fucking go party there. <laughs> And no one's even close to the stage. There's like maybe about 40 people there. No. And a giant. Not even. Well, they're trying to stay out of the way of the fucking quicksand or whatever he's got on back there. God damn it. I just feel like the feds should come in at any second. <laughs> There's a meth operation operating oh, through yeah. all those people's lives. The, and that whole neighborhood stinks like meth. And then there's a child just poking his dick. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. I forgot that this fucking even occurred. Ugh. Uh, Harley says if there was a time for a uh, um, a co-winner, it would be this. Narxino said, um, crazy bitch, never got stuck in my head, but I walked around singing Goat and Your Mom song for a week. I think the award went to the wrong one. Well, there's always controversy in every award show. I'm all about crazy bitch. Thank you, Vito. You only get one chance for a wedding. She took Thank it. you. She took that chance. There's plenty of goat and your mom fucking I, shows going on down wherever the fuck that's from. <laughs> that guy probably does that every weekend. She got one wedding. She got so one you're wedding. Definitely, you're definitely for the wedding. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, there was no way that anyone was offended in this backyard, but there were plenty of seemingly normal looking white people offended at that wedding. The kid who's getting his ears covered. This is fucking great. The father's just like, what? What? How is this happening? This thing that you put together, Hicks, yeah. could be a fucking TV special. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you could just do this on HBO, yeah. and I'd watch that shit be cracking up. What knocks me out is, how do I forget this shit over the course of a year? I fucking forgot about most of it until I went through and was going through and finding shit. I was like, wait a minute. That was, holy shit, I forgot how much we loved that. I had so much love for Crazy Bitch. I mean, literally, like, should but, we fly her in kind of love. But it's, the great thing is, there will be another Crazy Bitch. There will be another Quack Like a Duck. Don't say there will be another Crazy Bitch. I don't, don't take know, that man. I just her. think that this is like the summer of love. We'll never get back <laughs> to this point again. You know what I mean? Like, this has got to be the peak of the internet. It's amazing. It's fucking great. I love it. That's why she won the Great White Slide category. Fez, which one would you have picked if you had the chance? I would go with Goat and Mom. I think it's an anthem for the Great White Slide. The thing is, they've come up with like really great fucking points of... There were a lot of people did not expect Crazy Bitch. <laughs> yeah. She offended and appalled people. And at least people are actually partying with her. Some people at the like stage are like having fun. That's the wedding party, Vito. They they, they <laughs> yeah, know her behavior. Everybody in that guy's backyard was like, "Fuck him!" Like, <laughs> I want nothing to do with this. Um, Butthole Bandit came up with something that could make him a winner, which is hottest girl never to get talked about on the show that made the eye bang. I agree. That Terry Rick Richardson strikes again story 
that girl is perfectly shaped, and we never got into a conversation. Well, also, when we started talking about her, that same day is when his Miley pics came out also. So she got just overshadowed all by fucking Miley's fucking pussy shots. Hey, Red, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron, you're, uh, it scares you that uh, backyards like that exist? Yeah. Just when was the last time you were in Linwood, baby? <laughs> well, that's what got to me. Just seeing that reminded I've been to that fucking party. <laughs> I'm not even making that up. <laughs> I've been to that fucking party before. <laughs> that's the. That's why you said that's so sad. It's fucking great. I've been to parties where you're overlooking the oil refinery. Oh, you know, you're man. nice, and you're like, those fucking lights are kind of pretty when you're tripping. Hell yeah. There's something wrong with that. Uh-oh. It's a good time. All right. We got to get to our next category. Uh, the Bad Boy Award for the Worst Behaving Police Officers of the Year. We got one. It's Mr. Chief of Police, Chief Kessler. If you remember this guy, he yeah. went on fucking weird rants against the country with assault rifles. U.S. will sign U.N. treaty on arms regulations despite lawmakers' opposition. Secretary of State John Kerry. That piece of shit traitor. Who is he to decide what we can and can't own? And fuck the UN. Who are they to decide what we, the American people, can own? I have a message to carry. Any of these cocksuckers over in the UN. Here's your fucking agreement. <laughs> sign anything you want to sign. All right, so he won Bad Boy Cop of the Year? Yeah. Over the people who have beaten up children. Remember the guy who made the whole family lay down and was going to tase them? Oh, my God. I must have missed that one. <laughs> See, but people can post that in the fucking thread. Yeah, I would definitely think that that person is a chance to win. Uh, Liz Sets Fire wants to come to your bar. Uh, when she comes to town and do a body shot off you. Sounds good. You working on Saturdays? Yeah. What, what's your time? Um, usually I start at 10. Mm. Finish it. Question mark. Time. You know, Calico Jacks. <laughs> Closing time. The next award. Everybody's welcome for body shots. This is a personal favorite of mine. Well, let me, let me throw out a couple more here that uh, we're missing. Um... Uh, here's the, and this is a good one. Best trending st- topic started by the iBang hashtag some homo. That's a great I remember one. that day. That was a fun day. Uh, the Gracie wants to know where, where's the fucking rhubarb lady? She was great. We never really got to her much on the show, but she was pretty amazing. Uh, can you guys get G O A T on the show? We probably could, and we won't. They might turn the fishbowl in that backyard. <laughs> um, what about the best meme contest? Eastside Dave blowing guy in the hallway, crazy Fez picture. Oh, crazy Fez picture. Thin lip shelf. Another one. What about the Minnesota mayor candidate who wandered out of the lake? <laughs> best politician. Oh. Um, you know, another great trending... Remember we had Happy Creep Day? Oh, yeah. That went on for a while? 
People, that fucking blew the fuck up. All right, remind me next week. I want to do a hashtag uh, contest. Okay. Fucking get that shit trending. Yeah, trend the fuck up. Next award is the craziest video involving police award. There's only one winner. There's only one that I ever considered for this. And this was Crazy Bastard opens up on cops with an AK-47. I don't remember this at all. This is some fucking serious shit. This was just a police pulling over a car. This is a dash cam video. This is a routine traffic stop. I forgot all about that shit. This that I remember watching. He just gets pulled over. He, he comes out with an AK and starts blasting them. And they light him up. It was just one of the. But I think they got hit too, right? Yeah, yeah. One of the one of the police officers was hit by the fucking guy. And you just hear her like crying and yelling like she never had any training in her life. You know what I mean? Like you can have all the training you want, and those bullets start to fly, and you just become a person. Cause it was just it was just like routine, like they, it was like a right. busted taillight, and then this guy fucking loses it, pops out with an AK. Yeah. They weren't looking for some dude. Um, Tidal wave would have been better with lyrics. Um, Liz says fired. Says uh, she hasn't been to Calico Jacks since the Ron and Fez Christmas party. Yeah, that was a long time ago. We were there. You wouldn't even have been old enough to get in and drink at the time. Now I'm going to look at you. Now look at me going You're making there. slutty, red-headed stripper. Red-headed sluts. <laughs> Dudes are working your nipples over. <laughs> there was not a dude. It was a woman, I think. <laughs> uh, Marshall in Texas, you're on the Ron Fez Show. Hey, buddies. Uh, Hicks, how did you forget the uh, Long Island hot dog stripper? Not this, not this year. That it was, was the that previous was year. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And she made it last year. Yeah, she was in last year's awards ceremony. I don't know why we don't do these once a month. <laughs> well, I guess you have to forget about them no. to really get back around and like enjoy seeing them again. It would have been nice if she could have been here today to give out this year's award winner, like they do with the Oscars. I think she's locked up, actually. They yeah. finally bagged her up. She's indisposed. Next award. The creepiest photographer, but we're not complaining award. Well, there's only one man for that. That's Mr. Terry Richardson for his work throughout the year. Oh, my God. He's been amazing. Just the Lady Gaga videos, if you remember that, where she's just slamming her ass against the Molly, cake. Uh, Miley Cyrus. He, were, he did Cindy Crawford this year. And I don't know if you remember from early on. There was Kate Upton outtakes. Yeah, that cat daddied her. He, oh, no, cat daddy was last year. This was this was this year where she did a shoot for him, and the outtakes where she's basically naked, or it's just totally see through. Now, here's the thing, and I the people will tell me he's a terrible photographer. Anyone with an iPhone could shoot those pictures. I think that's only half of what makes somebody a great photographer. You've got to talk these chicks into doing this, yeah. and you're not going to do that if it, if you're setting up lighting and going for the perfect. But you know, it's got to be spur of the moment. Yeah, we're partying, 
Let me see those titties. That's why I love Terry Richardson. The fucking guy's great. I've never seen anyone get do, get chicks to do this that wasn't on a boat at the time. <laughs> Normally, you can get chicks to do all this if you're on a boat. Those Miley picks made my week last week. Oh, in a bad, like, oh, spank was, way? No, I, I didn't do that. You know, it has Thank to be a movie God. image. You can't. This isn't 1999. I can't do a still picture. Wow. Interesting point. Wow. All right. He will not jack to a still picture. <laughs> Good to know. No magazines, no still pictures. <laughs> MPEGs only. <laughs> MPEG is how about a viral? Can you go in a nine second loop? Yeah, that's how that's eighth grade, man. Those trailers. That's, that was all like the Bang Brothers trailers. The Bang Brothers? Oh hell yeah. <laughs> Bra- now it's Brazzers and Reality Kings. That's all I had. Eighth grade, those trailers, that's all I needed. That's- you, you gotta be careful with the Bang Brothers because they're I think they're borderline. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it seems it's way, way over the border, actually. <laughs> or under the border. They get real weird. We're going to get this girl the bus, and then we're going to take her money and throw her off the bus and drive away. Bang, bros. Uh, the, the next award, the I went viral because I'm all fucked up and was on the news award. And that's, um, there's a runner-up, that's Kai the Hitchhiker, who was this year. And you know, vi- wait a minute. Something could be weirder than Kai the Hitchhiker. Yeah, kill somebody. <laughs> you know, Kai, Kai the Hitchhiker. I mean, this is so historic, and I don't believe that it's not even more famous. Is he the only one of these viral guys who went up to be like a fucking serial killer murder? Yeah, yeah, that's the only one I could think of. That yeah, he ended up killing some. And dude. he's not number one on your list. And he's not number one. No, this was this was a fucking contentious year. And Kai's the fucking runner-up. Right, what is the title of the award? The I went viral because I'm all fucked up and was on the news award. That is the title of the award. All right. Kai's the runner-up. The winner, you know him from maybe a little case where a bunch of women were kidnapped and kept in the basement, Mr. Charles Ramsey. Charles Ramsey, the man who rescued those women, is the winner of the award. What happened? I went to McDonald's, came home, I meet at McDonald's. I got the day off from work, so naturally you're doing nothing. And I hear this girl screaming, and she going nuts. So I look, I come outside, and I know there's nobody that's supposed to be screaming next door to my house because there's no girl that lives in that house. So that's a dead giveaway to something wrong. And when I came to the front door and looked at her, she said, my name is Amanda Beard, please. Get me out this house. So I'm thinking, ah, whatever. So I helped her get out the house. I ain't thinking that you really that girl that's missing. You've you been gone for so long. You know, you think you're lying. And she called the police, and they came, and they took a fingerprint sample of her, a blood sample, and it came back. It was her. And then she said it was two more uh, girls up in the house. Now, I don't know this. I just helped her move out. You're correct. It was Gina DeJesus. We'll see yeah. y'all. And then a woman named Michelle Knight. <laughs> so you've been living next door to that house? Had you known there were any people? No, because I'd have pulled this heroic stuff last Thank year. Okay. <laughs> My bones. Thank you for restraining yourself. But, so, so you realized who it was, though. Once she said her name, you recognized the name. Yeah, yeah. and then I walked down the street, and I told my, my neighbor, Anthony, and I said, Anthony, I, me and Anthony talked about this last year, but he told me I was paranoid because I just moved on the street, and I told him something wrong with that house. He told me, just, just leave it alone, Chuck, and 
see what happened. Did you know the person that uh, lived stop there? Stop it, Dan. Yeah. Didn't his life get all screwed up? Yeah, he he, um, he could basically he couldn't live his life anymore. Couldn't keep a job down. He didn't take any money from anyone either. But now he's like he's just like out of work and on. And they brought up shit that he did in his past himself. Yeah, you know who he looks like. Remember coming to America? Yeah, he looks like Eddie Murphy in the chocolate. barber outfit. The barber. Oh, the barber one. <laughs> Um, exactly like <laughs> racist, Vito. Yeah, that's, you're coming off a little racist. racist. Yeah, very. Just by bringing up Eddie Murphy, you should say you look like a white guy. Come on. That would have made me like you better. I will say this. I think Kai is probably bigger, but I'm glad that you gave it out to a hero and not to a killer. Yeah. See? You know, he, he, Kai should lose points for chopping up an old queen. For mur- yeah, murder. Yeah, Kai was always a little weird and on the edge, whereas Charles Ramsey... Just help people, and then you know, went on the basically on the fucking. Underworld. Now, who was the guy that kept the girls uh, kidnapped? Oh, Ariel Castro. So when he hung himself, well, like who wouldn't do that? Now we find out he wasn't even hung, hanging himself. He's just choking himself out while he came. <laughs> That's right. fucking disgusting. He's trying to get a nut off. Weird. Why would you? I mean, do you you're in prison? You do you really want to fucking? I think I would have to be in prison for years before I felt comfortable enough to start jerking off there. No, you want to sleep, though. There. Everybody jerks off there. They got to. You got you got to get to sleep. It's not like you're going to meet a fucking girl and get that out of you. But does he come then die? I don't know at that point. I don't know whether it happens before you die or after. I mean, I think the second you come, you probably let go of that fucking thing around your neck. Yeah, so yeah, so I'm going to guess no. But but I bet I, you know how like you'll shit and piss out. Yeah, I wonder if he came out and that's how they could fucking that sucks tell people to clean up. How would you like? You're to clean already up? working in a fucking prison. Yeah. How would you like to clean up a dead guy's jizz though? Like I, I got news for you. If I'm in a fucking prison, uh, the whole day's a bad day. I'm gonna feel like if I work there, it's the same as being there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I felt. Well, I feel like I'm gonna be locked up for the next eight hours. And I would forget that I could get out. All right. So that was Mr. Ramsey. The next award. The C celebrities can be sweet award. Uh, this is uh, an award focusing on the press, the best press junket interviews of the year. Um, usually, they, you know, celebrities do a thousand press junket. There's a thousand press junket interviews going on constantly, but but when one actually goes viral, gets pa- passed around, it's something to fucking be said. The runners up: Morgan Freeman passing out, taking a nap, uh, promoting that magic movie with uh, with Michael Caine, and then Bruce Willis acting like a dick. Promoting red to uh, the British, the British kid. If you remember that one, and the winner is Mila Kunis for humoring the young flustered interviewer while she was promoting Oz. I hated that guy. <laughs> she's super cool, but I hated him. Hey, she, she's fucking awesome. Disgusting. Uh, we did, we made this drink called I don't know if we say this, but we got these lad bombs. Uh, which Is are Guinness? Um, no, it's you know like where you put Jaeger into the Red Bull. We do a shot of Jaeger into a double vodka Red Bull. And oh my god, that sounds like the worst drink ever. Would you like? I mean, you're more. You could come join us. Where's it's, your pub? Uh, it's a pub called the Misty Moon. Uh, but to be honest, that's not very good. You could go to Watford, which is like our local town. Okay. And, um, I mean, I'm probably not going to do today because I'm deathly ill. But I will maybe come join you if you, you buy me a. What did you call it? Oh, a lap bomb. Lads would love you. Let's just say this. 
Uh, she's with Punked, right? She dates Punked? Ashton, yes. That makes me re-examine him because she's a fucking hip chick. And he must have something going on to keep her around. See, I know I, know I think went on there is that he grew up with her. I, I think that's, oh, he got to her young. Yeah, that's what happened. He, Ashton Kutcher seems like too if much you had the chance to get to her when she was young, when she was like thirteen have or to, yeah. fourteen, you know, like she and was then, a like, little she girl. She thought he was cool because he was driving. Yeah, that's what happened. Look, I'll fuck. I'll break this whole fucking thing down. Oh yeah, she was real young on that show too, right? Because she lied about her age. Yeah, she's she's. You know she's a lot a about TV. <laughs> yeah. Good. All right. Next award is the Kate Who Award. Last year, Kate Upton won Women We Can't Take Our Eyes Off Of. Yeah. Uh, the winner of this award, I don't know if you remember her, but it was the Samba Dancing Girl. Oh my God, I forgot her. We never been sure who she was. I know this. You know that we're gay because we start at the beginning rather than when she gets the fucking pants off. There she is, shaking that ass. Gyrating, really. This makes me want to wrap a towel on my throat. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she's the big winner this year. She's Somber phenomenal. Girl. Yeah, she's this great. This was a great fucking call, dude. Yeah. Because she's obscure. Look. And then she... There. Pussy's out. <laughs> There's her pussy. Oh, and here's the asshole. Enjoy. <laughs> no, she never turns around fully, though. Wait for it, dude. She does? Yeah. Because I remember... Oh, I thought she didn't. Hey, Look at yeah, that. You like that, don't you? What more you fucking want? I want a full turn. Calm down, Vito. No all full right. turn, no veto. <laughs> Jesus. Come well, on, dude. You were on the fucking you voting committee, all right? You can't fucking live. You can't live with such a restrictive fucking position <laughs> all right. in life. Next award is the I Can Beat Florida Award. And oh, it goes geez. to Russia. Oh, just over the year. the amount, They're all there, too. In the Russian dash cam alone. <laughs> yeah. Dash cams, bears, vodka, bricks, crazy people. Just fucking the whole place is off the rails, and it just destroys Florida. And that's why Russia gets the big win. It's just one after another. Uh, the final award goes to the news stories that had you glued to your computer uh, over this past year. And I think there were two. There was the Chris Dorner when he went rogue, the cop out in California went rogue and then disappeared. He killed a few people. <coughs> he wasn't a cop. Chris Dorner, yeah, he was a former. He was a former cop. Yeah, he was a. Form- I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, I thought he was a cop killer. No, no, he was a former cop oh. who then killed. Cops. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Now I do remember the story. And then it was just where you, when he got cornered in that cabin, and then just fucking the yeah, internet. they lit him up with everybody. Yeah, and then the internet went nuts. People just found scanners, and I there was no attempt to take that fucker alive. No, no, no. And then they just the, the fucking thing just went up, and it, it just fucking. I thought. That story just caught everyone who was on a computer at the time. And then next was the Boston bombing. And during during that manhunt. Mm -hmm. And then everyone was just... I was up all night with that. Yeah. And it was so great. Like, I was ahead of the news because I guess I went on Twitter or the iBank. It was on the iBank. And people were sending stuff in. And you got to listen to the the scanners in Boston. Yeah. And they never gave out once all night. You know, so I'm sitting there all night. And it's like 1.30, 2.30, And I'm like, I can't go to bed. I gotta. Yeah. They're going to catch this guy any second. It was fucking nuts. And it took was... a long time, you know. And then there was stuff on Twitter like he's he might be heading to New York. Yeah, because they put up New York pictures of him. And then that was like... But then you would also get stuff with like... There was some college professor who was outside... Who was in his apartment 
when the gun fight started and he started taking over and he was fucking he yeah. was like tweeting like oh my god they're just fucking lighting up yeah it was really uh bizarre how far ahead uh the internet was oh and that's when everyone gave reddit saying reddit beat everybody yeah. to the thing oh, but they gave out the wrong dude's name <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And they had the they had the breakdown of all the pictures, and they and they and right. they said two dudes were fucking it, and it was on the cover of the Post the next day. Yeah, the journalists were just fucking reading a fucking web page. Like, wow, this makes a lot of sense. Let's run with this. And those guys are now suing the Post. Uh, we even after bringing it up, we still haven't plugged Lonely Boy, but Fez Watley will be hanging out on Sunday. Go to the iBang, watch uh, Red Zone or any of the games with them. That's this Sunday for the 1 o'clock games on the iBang. Hang out with the lonely boy, Fez Watley. Look out for that quad box. Oh, yeah, the quad box is going to pay off for you. Well, Fez will explain that once you get there, but he will have uh, prizes. All right, excellent job by the Interabang. Now, Weekender question where we ask a question that people can go on all weekend long and win. Um, this time, uh, we're going for ga- greatest game show Beautiful. and wine. And why? Do we need to break now? or um, No. We'll take it to the limit? Yeah, take it to the limit. All right, so Chris Stanley, I'm going to go with you first. What is the all-time greatest game show? Uh, in my opinion, the game show that I grew up watching and that I still watch to this day, uh, the Price is Right is is my favorite game show of all time. Bob, Barker, I can never stand it. Bob Barker. I don't give a fuck how much a host costs. <laughs> I always fucking as a little kid, I was surprised. Like, how do these people know how much these things cost? I, I guess. But see, here's the thing: if you were going to do bread or milk, the t- price changes around the country. You're paying more in Queens than someone's paying in Iowa. Yeah, I think that's a fucking problem with the game. Th- Vito, what's a what's a go to game for you? Uh, I really love Family Feud. Family Feud, 30 plus years? Yeah. Maybe yeah. even 40 years. Uh, four different hosts. Uh, right now, it's at its peak because Steve, Steve Harvey. Harvey is doing it. And the show was also a lot more about sex than ever before. It was very rarely about sex. But the internet is filled with clips of Steve Harvey can't believe in that some old lady said nutsack or ass lips. Jesus Christ, come on. It's the most, It's just fun. You can play along with the show. Plays at my barbershop. It's a great time. Well, it, it, are you a guy who hangs out at the barbershop? No, I just go get my hair cut, but it's on the TV. And I don't like talking to the barber. And you like everybody watching and like, she crazy. Cause, um, but the, the feud does one thing really well, and it's pitting two families against each other. Oh, yeah. Just now, what name. bothers me is sometimes it's very loose. I like when it's literally the parents and the children. It's like my second cousin. Yeah, that's bo- that, Yeah. And this is my cousin's uh, husband. I don't think you guys are family. Bullshit. Legally, you're not a family. You don't even like each other. You just came here because it works. <laughs> what are we giving out for the weekender question? That's The Running Man, signed by Jesse Ventura. Running Man, classic fucking game show in the future. Yeah, but a guy who's barely in it. Uh, Fez Watley, you're a game show guy. Yes, I am. I think the best all-time game show was The Hollywood Squares. 
You had celebrities galore. You had trivia. You had strategy. You know, Damon Wilson to block. I think it was the best game show. Well, it's not real. I mean, yes, you're right that there is strategy to it. But it's a dull strategy because it's the same as Tic-Tac-Toe. That's one of those shows that was more about the celebrities than the game. Where it was about getting laughs was more important. And where, where they lost me is when everyone started getting the written jokes. They used to just write jokes for Paul Lynn. Right. And then they would lie and say Paul Lynn was that quick, you know? Uh, but when they gave the Paul Lynn jokes to everybody... That makes everyone else like shit. I mean, that makes Paul Lynn not look as fucking good. Well, right? Paul Lynn was already dead before they handed out the... He never would have let it happen on his watch. But after he died... Now, I'm going to ask you one. Jeopardy has been running forever. It's bigger than ever. It's just trivia. Why is that fucking game bigger than anything else? I think it's a combination of like fucking Trebek and the gimmick of putting things in the... In the- form of a question but that important that it would make all the money and no one else does um here's another one when we say if you're in a bar and you're going to say let's do trivia what's the number one thing that people are going to do in a bar in trivia use their phone no sports trivia and yet and thanks guys it's the give and take and all these years we've never had a really popular sports trivia game uh, a couple of people have tried it, but sports trivia never does as well as you think because it's the number one style trivia. You watch Jeopardy, no one sits around and tries to do Shakespeare trivia or, you know what I mean? Potent quotables. Or yeah. <laughs> None of that stuff ever happens. It's always sports trivia, but there's never been a really big sports game show. And it um, surprises me. Uh, Snowy in Michigan, you're on the Running Fest show. Hey, guys. Great show. Great topic, man. Yeah. Um, you set the Wayback Machine a little bit, but uh, I'm on Tessie's now. Like, uh, remember the match game was a fun game, I thought. Well, the match game in the 70s, people forget that match game was around for like over a decade before it became somewhat nutty and glamorous. I missed out totally on uh, the match game years, and but I, they started replaying them on the game show network. Yeah, so and that's where to- like Eastside Dave got into it. Eastside Dave and Casey got obsessed with that game down to the point where they tried to pretend that there was people. That was another game like Hollywood Squares where it became a celebrity cocktail party as well as a game going on. Don't you even think that was more of a cocktail party than Hollywood Squares? I always thought Hollywood Squares was real business. You know what I mean? Like, they had jokes to deliver. (laughs) You know, they were like the professional show. Match Game was not written by joke writers and was really a fucking mess. And they were like, fuck Trump. Yeah. (laughs) And if it, well, they would have lunchtime. Come back and do a couple, you know, another five shows. You know, there's already like books and shit on that. But that show, if you go back and watch it, has ton of dead air and ton of unfunny fucking gases. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just being totally off. Yeah. Like that Brett couldn't fucking play where shit. She was terrible. And she'd always be like, I don't know. I said sawdust. And everybody would be like, what are you doing, man? Um,. Here's uh, Tim. Tim, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, the reason uh, Jeopardy's so damn successful is because of the time slot. It's on after the news, the local, and then the uh, 
you know, the world news as it were. And then it's okay, but put other. somebody else up against it and beat its ass. I mean, that and Wheel of Fortune, uh, which oh. is really just Hangman. I, I mean, that's I, that's as bad as Hollywood Squares in terms of strategy. And that thing has always been big. Yeah, ju- just fuck. Yeah, my entire lifetime, fucking, it's been blown the fuck up. I hate it. And you keep thinking that that audience is going to die out and not be there anymore. Well, I think Jeopardy's really big because there's like a lot of, pr- like, little old ladies in the Midwest really like, they get off on the fact that they might guess an answer right. Right. And like, so they're pumped, like, oh, I got a Jeopardy answer right. Like, I feel really smart. So I think it has that to it, too, because those and, are hard questions. And Wheel of Fortune, have you ever seen a show with the same pretty girl for now, what, 30 fucking years? Yeah. Like, you would have think they would have matched her. And I can't remember the last time uh, I ever went into that. Uh, Matt, you're on the Run of Fest show. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just want to say that uh, $10,000 Pyramid is the best game on uh, TV. That's an old one, but I loved it. Um, yeah, and, uh, they eventually just started calling it Pyramid. Uh, and a show that I kind of think ripped that off, which was the big mainstream show that everybody watched, was when Regis hosted The Millionaire Show. That was a show where people, you go to work the next day, but I was like, man, you fucking believe Millionaire last night? Yeah. I was looking around, like, were we really talking about Millionaire? Look, they made it twenty fifty thousand dollars. And people were obsessed with that fucking show. Watched every fucking night when it was big, and he would get on, you know, magazine covers. I remember his ties, his shiny ties became like a fucking thing. Like everyone started wearing shiny ties. Um, yeah, he put out the Regis tie. Yeah, and then he went out and signed them places, made a lot of money. <laughs> J and PA, you're on Running Fed show. Ronnie B, trillion dollars. Hey, I just want to say thanks for the Ron and Fez show because it always brings us these awesome topics. But I think that the best, the, I remember being the most compelled to the TV set when I was younger was that game Pressure Luck, uh, that it always had those ups and downs and, you know, with the whammy and mixed in the great prizes. Yeah. Like those kind of things to me are way more about an actual game. But you will find out that people, they almost like the casual games more than they like like a really hard game to play where we talk about strategy and stuff like that yeah people don't i think because people want to feel like they can do this like they yeah i mean hollywood squares is tic-tac-toe by the time you're in second or third grade you could think he should block the zero the o's <laughs> there with an x you know what i mean we're not looking for really great game players andrew you're on the run of face show Hey, what's going on? Uh, uh, Card Sharks, which was a game from, I think, the 70s. They might have brought it back. That's basically a drinking game, high-low, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a a form of AC-Ducey. Easy gambling game. Yeah. You know, just slap it down. We would, me and my cousins would start and play Card Sharks in the summer, just based on a deck of card. But that's what they really like to do, a game... That it takes balls to bet, but you can figure out the strategy pretty easy. Uh, that game that they used to do where people would open up the briefcase. Oh, oh, wow. Okay, that really didn't have a ton of strategy. As soon as you got lost the big, you know, as soon as you lost your second top one, get out of the game. That's the way to play. And yet, 
no one ever would. So you're watching at home, you know the smart thing to do, but you're actually watching someone gamble for huge money. Yeah. You know, when you're in Vegas, the odds of you running into like a regular guy who just won $5,000 at the wheel and pushes back in, I've never seen it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you might just see rich people show up, bet five grand, but you're not going to see a regular person hit and then go, I'm going to push Fuck it all it. back in on one more bet. That show fucking had that. So people kept watching because you were so much smarter than the gambling degenerate ah. that they had on that show. Um, they had an arcade version that was phenomenal where you won tickets. Great. Fucking intense. Uh, here is here's Jim. You're on Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. How's it going? Good. Hey. Is there anything more frustrating than you watch the real smart person on Jeopardy, and if they're lucky, they may win $15,000 in a day, and the Wheel of Fortune comes on because some guy can spell Big Sky and ask for an S, and they get like $100,000. It just makes me insane. But see, that's the thing. Jeopardy is about skill, so you need less prizes. If you have a game of skill, people are drawn to it. Millionaire, you were really drawn to the fact that someone could leave with life-changing money. Uh, one of the really great shows of all time, Newlywed Game, barely gave away a prize. They would give away a TV or nothing. You know what I mean? <laughs> Washer, dryer, or nothing. But that didn't matter because the point was, you've got these young people who may or may not talk about sex. And that was the whole thing for the show. Are they going to do it? Well, Jeopardy is always more about bragging rights than yes. actual cash prizes. The, You're a five-day champion. Yeah, that, but that not that true of like any real kind of amateur game? You know what I mean? Like, if somebody... It's, it's basically a trophy. You know what I mean? And that's because winning that game is enough... You know, if you found out from somebody, this dude was on Jeopardy for five fucking nights in a row. What? We would all be thinking he must be smart as a motherfucker. He knows his but shit. But if somebody told you that they were on Wheel of Fortune for five nights, you would say, oh, how lucky. You know what I mean? That's a lucky thing to get. Because you didn't hit bankrupt. You, you <laughs> earn something. You earn something when you're on uh, Jeopardy. Uh, David, you're on the Run of Fez show. Joker, Joker, Joker. You remember the Joker's Wild? I love the Joker's Wild. I thought I that was a that fucking show. great game. Uh, Jim, you're on the Run and Fez show. Yeah, hi. Um, back in the 60s when I was sick from school, I used to watch Concentration and Hugh Downs was the host. And it was, you, you had to match things and behind it was like a Rebus puzzle. So there was like two two phases to actually You're right. The there problem. were two games in one. One game, you had to remember something was behind, you know, door number three, and that other one was door 17. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. so you had to remember that. But then you had to put together a weird picture puzzle to win. It was two separate games. It was almost like if you were playing baseball, but then from third base to home was swimming. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you just had to swim your way back. Uh, coming up in a minute. Uh, we're going to see uh, a really great, um, well, we're going to talk about a really great documentary. Have you noticed, Hicks, or am I crazy, a lot of the great documentaries come out of Detroit later? Uh, this one is Louder Than Love. 
about the Grandy Ballroom. Uh, it's playing CBGBs this week. It's one of my favorite types of stories. It's about how a scene gets started, how you start something that an audience and a place, and it's always a rare occurrence when that happens. Yeah, you know, we end up talking about Liverpool in the '60s or uh, Haight Ashbury from '65 to '68. This was in Detroit, a particular club called the Grandy Ballroom. And the people who end up coming out of that, uh, the great MC5, the Stooges. Uh, and by the way, this list goes on and on and on. Alice Cooper, Ted Nugent. It was just amazing amount of bands that played there. Um, Zeppelin came in and played Cream, uh, Janis Joplin, Pink Floyd, The Who all played this one really funky ballroom in the bad part of town. It's awesome. In the bad part of town, you went and saw the greatest rock shows you, you were ever going to see in your life. You get a chance to watch this, and you're a rock and roll fan. It's called Louder Than Love, the Grandy Ballroom story. It's a hell of a story. Um, keep going over and playing The Weekender. We're giving away a big prize after this uh, this uh, weekend for it. And also Fez Watley, the lonely boy, join him on Sunday. More prizes, all part of the million days of Christmas on the Ron and Fez show. Are we going to break first to go right into the interview? Oh, uh, We're going to break first. All right, we're going to break first. And when we come back, I want you guys to stick around here about the Grandy Ballroom in Detroit. Uh, Louder Than Love is the name of the movie and how a really terrific rock scene got started. And by the time this all got done, I wanted to go out and buy someplace in New York and start our, and start fresh. I was going to like, this is the only kind of bands I'm going to be booking. CBGB's in New York, just by having an open stage, was the reason that people were able to work to get better at playing that place. Yeah. And then... Other people caught on to that. The Grandy Ballroom did that story many, many years before, back in Detroit, Michigan. And support Detroit. It's really a, a great city, and we can't let it go to shit. There's a lot of cool people that live there. A lot of great things come back. We'll be right back with this. It's the Ron Fez Show. Now, baby, 
MC5 is a house band. Uh, who can even imagine such a thing? Check it out in Louder Than Love, the Grandy Ballroom story. Tony, how you doing, buddy? First of all, congratulations oh, thank for you. this. Thank you. I'm loving the dream. Thank you for having me. Uh, Appreciate what, that. What made you want to go back and, and kind of record this story for everybody? Well, you know what? Um, I'm born and raised in Detroit, mm-hmm. and I've been in the production business for over 20 years, 25 years to be exact. And um, when I got in the business, I wanted to make a documentary, and um, work just kind of got in the way. I'd done some really great things, some big events, worked with some great people for a lot of different things. I could go on about that, um, but um, I wanted to make a documentary, and um, my love for music was something that I thought I would do a documentary about. Um, growing up in Detroit, you hear a lot of stories about the Grandy Ballroom. I'm not old enough to have gone there. Mm-hmm. It was open in 66, the period that I'm talking about. And uh, I was born in 66. So you hear these stories. You hear about uh, the MC5 being the house band. You hear about Iggy and the Stooges, you know, the being birthed there. Uh, you hear about the Who playing Tommy for the first time in front of an audience there. And you hear these things growing up. And then, then you hear that these, these huge bills like that were $3 and 50 cents. Yeah. Gigantic acts. Well, first time through. Yeah. Yeah. Gigantic in today's terms, but back Mm -hmm. then very infancy of rock and roll, but you've got Alice Cooper playing there and, and it really set this, the table for Michigan, rock and roll what i really love about this documentary is it goes to show you how many factors take place before a scene even begins and because there was this one ballroom in detroit that everybody wanted to play if you were playing music if you were a a bar band in detroit at the time you would have said i want to make it into the grandy and then you go, well, what are we going to do? We got to write songs. Yeah. We have to get loud. Yeah. We got to be able to play. So this thing forces people to, to raise the bar on their oh, own most art. Definitely. And that's the amazing part of this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, you got to remember this time in, in rock and roll history. Um, the big bands uh, at this time are the Beatles and the Stones. And these other bands, the Detroit-based bands, are looking for a place to start playing their own type of music and start to be able to um, create their own music and create their own acts. You know, they saw the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. They've seen the Stones and stuff like that. Now there's a pl- now they need a place. Russ Gibb, who was a, a DJ back in the um, uh, mid-60s, went out west to um, San Francisco and uh, saw the you know the opening days of the Fillmore Bill Graham's Fillmore X and he saw um, what they were doing out there that they were tying uh, this new creative music you know songs that were over three minutes mm-hmm. long extended jams but then tying that in with 
um, the light shows. Light and shows, great sounds, production values. Production Stuff values. that didn't exist before. Exactly. The birth of this kind of multimedia stuff that we know in, in rock and roll today and, and just in general with, with concerts. And so... Um, when he saw that out there, and then also, I mean, it's the 60s, so there's, you know, they're experimenting with drugs, and there's a lot, you know, there's, there's everything like that that's going on, too. He brought, brings that back to Detroit, finds this old ballroom that was built in the 30s as a big band uh, place, but um, so it's acoustically perfect before amplification, and then you start bringing in the amplifiers, and you're bringing in bands that... Um, are just coming over from uh, from Europe and from uh, from England. First American tours: Led Zeppelin, Cream, uh, Fleetwood Mac with uh, Peter Green, mm. um, Pink Floyd, The Who. Uh, Na- you know, in fact, in doing the research for this film, it was easier to find bands that didn't play there because so many played there. It was such an amazing time. And then you take that with this Detroit presence that. Um, that erupted then and and you kind of got to give props to detroit in the fact that um as someone that knows um a little bit about music history yourself yeah. um you know that uh throughout music i mean in the 20s and the 30s they had big bands that were detroit based that sure. were huge uh 40s and 50s you had um john lee hooker and uh you come into the 60s with motown and um uh, the early rock and roll with Mitch Ryder and Bob Seger and stuff like that and Jack Scott. Right. Up until today, it keeps on going. You know, I mean, love them or hate them, there's still Jack White. There's Eminem. There's Kid Rock. You know, I don't think there's a period in in, in music history, you know, from those twenties on, that you can't think of a of a Detroit influence that's at the top of its game during that time frame. So this happened to be in the late sixties. Great bands like, um, and, and getting back to my point was that Russ Gibb gave bands like the MC5 a place to play this music that had never been heard before. And so um, other bands saw that, wow, we could create and play our own music at this venue. How amazing is this? And that changes their sound. The fact that they want that, they know they need a big sound. Mm-hmm. They got to start rocking really hard to fill big that time. room. And they're competing against each other and these English super bands that right. are coming in. Right. There's something in, and maybe it's a, a Detroit mentality of let's, you know, let's do this. Let's, let's bring, bring it. it up. Yeah. Kick, kick, out, kick the out the jams, <laughs> motherfucker. It literally, literally, that's where that song comes from. Exactly. Where he's looking over and saying, if you come into this room. Now, here is the other strange part of this. Because you have a room and the bands are trying to match the room. Suddenly, the audience becomes very discerning. They know the difference between great and shit. And that is one of the most important things that you can have. You have an audience that if they... That's reacting to it. That's reacting, and if they love it, they're going to show their appreciation. And if they don't love it, they're just sitting back. I'm sorry, you're not coming back here. Great point by you, but you know what? Um, You take a step back. Russ Gibb was a DJ, so Mm -hmm. he was also... um, putting on Led Zeppelin's first album before Led Zeppelin came to town. Right. He was putting on um, The Who. So the Detroit audiences were aware of these bands, where some of these other cities where these bands were playing, they had no idea. They had no the idea because they're just going by 45s. and If that, yeah. this is the beginning of FM radio. You know what I mean? So even that part 
is is you know it's a very tumultuous time in Detroit. You got you got a lot of stuff going on, racial tension, the Vietnam uh, um, conflict is going on, and 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 then. On top of that, you've got this place for this outlet for these kids, and then a radio station um, that's playing music that people hadn't heard before. This is the first time they're hearing Cream. You know, um, AM radio was playing the three-minute songs. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, FM, you know, gave birth to what we're sitting in today. I mean, you know, places like this where you guys can play anything. Right. You know, that was what FM was back then. Sure. You know, now, you know, now you guys own it. You know, and it's it really is a matter of once those things coming up, that things will rise with it. That's one of the things that I really love about the film oh, is that you. you see how connected everything is. That once this audience showed up and was yeah. like looking, you know, into the music, then they also went, "Hey, what do you think about this war?" You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. that scene creates a, a, a like-minded scene. So the people that are there for that could go home and now maybe paint or write or whatever they want to do, be involved in their community. Oh, it's yeah. fascinating, these synchronicity, the way everything is connected. Well, you know what? Um, it's funny you mentioned that because um, when I went to make this documentary, I so desperately wanted to make a music documentary. Mm-hmm. But then as the story started unfolding, you know, it's a documentary. So you could ask questions, but when they get answered, it turns the script you know, right. you don't know what's going to happen next. It went from a music documentary, which I'd like to think it turned into more of a cultural piece. Yeah, it is. And and so it, it um, the um, the main character is a building, um, and then everything that happened inside the building because of the building, you know, plays out. You're you're so exactly right. The music brought the people in. And if you weren't a musician, but you're like, hey, you know what? This is a really fucking cool scene. I'm really good at graphics. Right. I'm going to become help advertise this place. Not even, you know, there were, this wasn't monetary. Mm-hmm. This was just, Hey, I want to be part of this. So they started making these incredible posters. The posters from that time per- period to me, when I see that lettering and um, I see those images, it, it's iconic sixties. Yeah. You know, exactly. Boom. You go right back there. You know, nowadays those posters are fetching, you know, tens of thousands of dollars for the original ones they were giving these things away at the door yeah they're handing them out these weren't even merchandise yeah you know and that's the funny thing is that you talk about true american artists people like gary grimshaw and carl lundgren and 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 donnie dope and these other guys that were doing something because they weren't musically minded but you know this is where their art was and then another step of that uh the light shows hey i can't play music i'm not doing the graphics thing you know what Let's see if I could create a light show and the people that got involved with that. And then, um, you know, it started opening an awareness. I mean, um, uh, I'm here in town right now as part of the CBGB festival right. where the, where the, my film was playing on Sunday. Um, and, um, one of the artists of that time, John Sinclair is also in town. The great John. I'd love to meet John Sinclair. Here's a guy that, um, talk about being in your face and rebellious and, and, um, doing it all for the right reasons. You know, he was sticking up for, um, the African American community. You know, uh, he was the kind of guy that thought that, you know, uh, why not ask questions? What is wrong with, uh, you know, uh, 18 year old asking questions about things, you know, um, 
he, he changed, he turned Detroit, you know, uh, he changed it around, you know, and then that, you know, obviously ended up going to jail mm-hmm, for, sure. for, for, um, you know, for, for selling two joints to an undercover cop. They were just looking for an excuse, you know, um, and but, then here and comes the, John Lennon, that, then John yeah. Lennon started to be attacked by the government. Yeah. No, I mean, how many songs, how many songs has John Lennon wrote about a person? <laughs> right. One. John yeah. Sinclair, and that's it. I mean, that's you know, that talks you know, yeah. total weight of 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 his presence and what he was what he was about at that time frame. And you know, the the other part of this is that you look at cities in trouble now, mm-hmm. and you go look how something if you if you have a space, yeah. you know, what I mean, where people can do what they want, you may look at urban renewal because yeah. that because people will end up wanting to live in that area and be around it and be part of it. Sure. Yeah. No, Detroit right now, financially, ugh, it's a mess. Um, this has been a long time coming, you mm-hmm. know, um, as someone that's been born and raised there, uh, you know, it, it's long overdue. But the creative edge that's in Detroit right now, uh, it's very, it's vibrant and it's it's very stimulating. You know, I mean, um, within the last couple of years, I mean, my film came out just over a year ago. And it's done uh, 25 festivals. It's been selling out across the country. One of the festivals that got invited to was um, the Traverse City Film Festival last year. Uh, Michael Moore invited mm-hmm. me to, to go to the festival and show the film. The film played along with um, some other great Detroit-based stories, um, Searching for Sugarman. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonder. I mean, I, I understand Rodriguez is playing Radio City now. Yeah, you know? playing Radio City and after that Barclays, yeah. which is in Brooklyn, yeah. gigantic place. Exactly. Um, along the lines of, of mine, um, there was Louder Than Love. There was uh, Searching for Sugarman. There was Detropia. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another great film called Burn. And, and I asked um, Michael, you know, oh, you've got kind of a Detroit-centric theme going. He's like, you know what? It's not about that. It's about great films coming out yeah. of Detroit with great stories, and and we're seeing that. You know, the the biggest the biggest draw on Detroit. You know, you, you hear about the blight and and obviously the financial woes. Is the city mass um, is so damn big. It's one of the largest cities. You know, square sure. miles of cities. Um, and uh, when the city when the the white flight, I guess, started to take off. You know, um, you were working with two million people, two million residents. Now it's seven hundred thousand residents. You know, the tax base got shattered because of that. Um, there, there's there's streets that there's nobody just lives on. You know, uh, it's a shame. But that first ten, fifteen miles from the river, you know, um, north. Uh, wow, um, we've got new stadiums coming in. For uh, the hockey arenas, uh, you got great theater district. You know, um, I'm proud to call it my home. Sure. You know, and I travel all over the country, and um, I wear it like a badge. I think it's awesome. You know, and uh, um, I love it. It's a it's a it's a great place, and 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 I hope that this financial upheaval that's going on will just um, be able to bring things back around and, and get some get some more life into the city. Well, I'll tell you, in New York City during the 70s, they were ready to shut it down. Yeah. And CBGBs. Yeah. All of a sudden, you look at CBGBs, great bands coming out of it. At the same time, Saturday Night Live is popping up. Yeah. Uh, you look down the street, Basquiat and Julian Schnabel started an art scene. Nice. Yeah, and I, right. I, I had read something before that 
said that art comes from young people in old buildings. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it always stuck with me that these, when things are really rough is when some really interesting things can start to happen because the rents are lower. The rents are lower. There is these kind of artist gatherings in, col- in, mm-hmm. in, in um, warehouses that are popping up. Um, there's a renewed interest in uh, younger kids coming there. Uh, there's a couple people that are spearheading it. Um, Dan Gilbert, who owns Quicken Loans, is doing an incredible job of, of bringing life back into the city. He's, he brought his headquarters down there, and then uh, kind of in that same vein as a Henry Ford, uh, bought some apartment buildings, gave the his workers that are this kind mm. of 25 to 35-year-old group um, these great places to live right down by where they work, you know, um, with uh, great restaurants and, and cafes and stuff right in that area. And, and I think, I think you hit the point um, that, you know, sometimes it takes um, the uh, financial woes for the creativity to kind of get sparked. Mm. And, um, you know, uh, like I said, Detroit's always been a music town, so it's always been there, yeah. you know, um, but um, you know, uh, I'm not giving up hope and, and it's, it's a wonderful place. And sometimes it's just people like what you've done with this film, Louder Than Love, the Grandy Ballroom, that you remind us that yeah. some of this stuff that we think of as popular culture, mm-hmm. there's no sense of it saying popular. This is culture. This is yeah. something for us to be proud of, that, that, that this music that is ours, Detroit's been making it for a long time. Tony, thank you so much hey, for stopping know, I, by I, here. I can't thank you enough. And, and um I hope you can make it out to the um, uh, show on Sunday. Yeah. And um, CBGB Festival. Uh, It's kind of wild because that's exactly what the Grandy was. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of bursted into it. So um, thank you so much for having me. I'll see you next time coming through. Thank you, brother.
Now 